plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me in. Happy Monday, people. What the hell's going on with you people? What are you doing? What's going on? Is it the uh, is it the post full moon that gets everybody? I don't know. Lots of strange behavior over the weekend from people that uh, I normally. Uh, generally associate well with. I was uh, pretty impressed with the magnitude of uh, ridiculousness that I saw over the weekend. Like, I have time for that. But nonetheless, uh, I uh, uh, put up with it, dealt with it, and am back here on Monday. So, hey, you know, that's how how I roll. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't come this far uh, to, I've come too far! You know what I mean? I haven't, uh, yeah. But yeah, the level of uh, idiocy was uh, was uh, quite impressive, and sometimes you do wonder uh, at times, like, why in the hell am I doing this? And uh, you know, yeah, uh, then then you realize you you realize why you're doing it, and so. It becomes easier after all that. So how's everybody doing? Mark Casey's going to be joining us. He's going to be coming in at 630. 
And I guess he's going to attempt to defend this uh, ridiculousness on the part of the Democratic Party and and the uh, vacuity of the Democratic Party and the leaders. And I do have to tell you that I did put something up on Facebook about Jeff Flake. And, I, you know, I hate it when my – well, you, know, you, you realize that a, a while back and – about a week ago, I told you Jeff Flake would be a, would be trouble. I didn't anticipate that Jeff Flake would be trouble for the reason that he is uh, trouble uh, right now. But I did anticipate he would be trouble. And, of course, he is. And he is uh, even worse of a person than I thought he was uh, going to be. Uh, and it, it became he became even more obnoxious than I ever even in a million years anticipated he would be. And uh, so he is uh, appearing on 60 Minutes with, with Coons, and, and, and you realize that, that Coons is one of the guys who decided that he was going to be the guilt-before-innocence guy. But, but, the, but it just so happens that... Jeff Flake is good friends with Coons uh, on the other side of the aisle, you know, the old good old boy network there in uh, the swamp good old boy network and decided that uh, he, he was uh, really actually going to be uh, the guy who takes the mantle for decency, I guess you could say. And so because they're friends, Flake decides that he's going to call for this uh, week-long FBI investigation. I'm not quite sure that this is going to work out favorably for Kavanaugh, only because it's another one of these fishing expeditions that individuals are going to have to ultimately uh, – yeah, Gail, I know. No relation to you. Sorry about that, dear. Uh, it's Coons anyway, so, you know. But uh, – Keep in mind, and, and I pointed this out on Facebook yesterday, and this is this is if you watch sixty minutes, and I didn't. I, I the the program I used to watch it was after uh, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. I'll never forget that, and it was on Sunday nights, and sixty minutes would come on after Wild Kingdom would come on, and it would be cool to kind of uh, get together with them uh, and watch sixty minutes and. Watch the old boys and uh, Mike Wallace and Morley Safer and Ed Bradley and these guys and they did some pretty interesting things. They were they were kind of apolitical, if you will, or either that or I didn't notice it when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, Father Tom, it was uh, Marlon Perkins. It was Mutual of Omaha, and Marlon Perkins was from St. Louis, and that was the cool thing. And he'd go out with his uh, trusty sidekick and uh, Danger Jim. Is that what his name was, Tom? Yeah, Danger Jim, he'd go out there into the brush. And uh, he. It, what happened is they'd go out there and, you know, uh, Marlon Perkins would have all of his get-up, you know, his safari hat and all that stuff on. But he would, he would anchor Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. He would anchor it from like a, like a bookish type of uh, den of some sort. He'd have a coat and tie on and everything else, and he was uh, – he was, hi, I'm Marlon Perkins, Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And he'd sit there and he'd wax on about all this stuff they were doing and love, really love Wild Kingdom. So then after Wild Kingdom, 
would come. I think it was beforehand. That I don't know. Uh, I was too busy chasing people upstairs to grope. Uh, oh, no, never mind. That was uh, when I was a kid. So after the show, then 60 Minutes would come on, and we'd watch it, and it was usually pretty cool. And uh, it was the, you know, Morley Safer was one of my favorites because he would always do kind of the featurey type of stuff, you know, about the, you know, no-armed pianist or something. I don't know, something like that. And then Mike Wallace would do the, do the, uh, do, an investigation or something, and then Ed Bradley would do something else, and it was usually pretty interesting. Uh, now it's just another it's it's uh, what's his face from CBS News, Scott Pelley, uh, who is a you know a, a left wing hack, and Jeff Flake decides he's going to get a, along with uh, Coons, and and so I warn people in the very beginning. I said, watch out for this little threesome you're going to be watching here. Because you've got three entities that seek only to recover their power. They have none. Uh, it's waning in the wake of the Trump administration. And the Trump administration is a hard administration to be a little pansy politician, Republican and Democrat, like you were before. See, back in the day, uh, this whole idea of bipartisanship was always really kind of groovy. You know, it's like, oh, everybody gets along, everybody gets along. But the reality is, what they ultimately did was they uh, screwed you for the past quarter of a century. And this guise of bipartisanship was really just a couple of uh, of like your def- your lawyer and the other guy's lawyer getting together and having drinks. And so they screwed the American people. They didn't protect us from terrorism and they screwed our economy is what they did only to help their campaign donating masters. And so uh, for 25 years, that's what, that's what bipartisanship got us from the people who are actually still there, by the way. Uh, many of them have never left. You've got, you know, Pat Leahy, who is spittling, you know, that he's been there 44 years and Orrin Hatch and all these guys. Holy moly. You kidding me? These two guys themselves probably screwed us a good a good measure with what they did. And, and of course, that's what how they operated. They basically. Uh, just worked to solidify their seats and solidify their power in Washington and screwed everybody else. And that's why you got trade deals that you got. That's why you got uh, a lack of attention to tax reform. That's why you got 3,000 people dying on September 11th of 2001 because these people did nothing to protect us economically and otherwise. And now – They're bragging about how important bipartisanship is. Bipartisanship only means you need to bend over. That's bipartisanship. When the Democrats and Republicans come together, you might as well bend over because that's how these guys operate. They're a bunch of charlatan, confidence game playing, power hungry boobs up there in Washington. And we continue to elect them. Why? I don't know. But that's what we get with bipartisanship. Bipartisanship is vastly overrated. So in comes President Trump. And President Trump finally tells people that, you know what? You're going to have to take a friggin' stand. You're either for security in this country or you're not. You're either for the worker or you're not. Tell me what you think. That's what they hate. 
They hate to have to make decisions. Jeff Flake is a squishy, smarmy, horrible human being. And Chris Coons is no different on the Democrat side. And they are both symbols of two parties that have gotten together and plotted to F us. And I'm telling you the truth. That's what's going on. Because you tell me what you have to show for bipartisanship for the past 25 years. You tell me what you have to show for it. Where are we right now? If it weren't for President Trump, we'd be, this place would be in the tank. So I'm sorry for being a little bitter this early in the morning, but I watched these, uh, these people, uh, the tape of these people on 60 Minutes. It disgusted me. Not because of the Kavanaugh thing or anything else, but because it was so representative of the swamp that has drowned our asses for the past 25 years. And again, you tell me what you've gotten out of 25 years of so-called bipartisanship. You tell me what you've gotten out of 25 years of these a-holes sitting there in a Senate committee meeting talking about how what lifelong friends they've been. But, 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 the senator from the great is a friend of mine, but, but, it's, I mean, enough of your friendships. Get up there and fight for something for once. Instead of, instead of fighting for a, a check to put in your campaign coffers, get up there and fight for something at once. So President Trump comes up, and President Trump finally makes these people stand up for what they believe in. They hate that. Why do you think you're getting so much resistance from the Republicans and Flake and those people? Flake, let me tell you something. Go down the line. Go to go to go to Flake's uh, bio. What does he have to show for six years in the Senate or twelve or whatever it happens to be? Tell me what he's done, other than rename some parkland after a buddy of his or whatever. That guy's done nothing. Ben Sass is the same way. Just because you go up there and vote doesn't make you a critical cog in the wheel. You've got to do something to help the American people, and they haven't done that. So Jeff Flake has been forced to actually be a conservative, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like to have to take a stand. The Democrats certainly don't either. And so you, that's, that's what you get. You get uh, this namby-pamby little frat party we see on 60 Minutes with, with Jeff Flake and his buddy Chris Coons. And now, buddy, buddy, they are, oh, let's go back to the old days. That's right. Let's go back to the old days when Republicans and Democrats got along with each other. Yeah, let's go back to the old days when they were screwing us left and right because that's what we have now. So President Trump came and there was a new sheriff in town and these people didn't like it. These people didn't like it at all. And Jeff Flake was more than happy to send the Republican Party the way of the Whigs because that's where we would have sent them. Had the Republicans lost this election, that party would have been dead. And so 
these people like well flake doesn't care but if you're a republican and you're and you're and you're currently in congress or in the senate or you're even in a statewide office you ought to be on your knees thanking president trump profusely for saving your ass Every time his name is mentioned, you ought to be genuflecting the way he saved your asses. That's what you ought to be doing. If it weren't for President Trump, half these Republicans you're seeing now wouldn't even be in office. And then we had to listen to all this idea that, oh, President Trump's going to ruin the Republican Party. He's going to destroy the Republican Party. It will never be the same. And we're like, yeah, that's kind of our purpose. Because you're, you're damn lucky that President Trump didn't run as an independent because both parties would have been screwed at that point. He probably should have run as an independent, but, but, but it was, you know, we, we would prefer because the Republican Party happens to be the best thing going right now for conservatives. Uh, there, there was a possibility that we could just simply say, yeah, you know, let the Republican Party die. But we didn't we didn't do it. And and President Trump saved the Republican Party single handedly. And we, and we got to listen to uh, we got to listen to Jeff Flake on 60 Minutes complain about, you know, the level of discourse and where we go. And, and his biggest beef was with Kavanaugh uh, challenging the challenging the senators. And I'm thinking to myself, are you freaking kidding me? Most of these senators have an IQ level, probably about a quarter of what Kavanaugh's in is, and have, have, and have worked probably a quarter of the effort that Kavanaugh has in his lifetime. And these guys sit up there uh, acting as if uh, Kavanaugh has to kiss their ass? These guys who are only there because they happen to raise enough money to get there? Come on. They, they, Kavanaugh has to has to go and kiss their rings. Jeff Flake, what the hell has Jeff Flake done in his life? I mean, come on. So that, but that was the biggest beef, and and now we have a week of just another week where people are going to just make up more lies about Jeff Flake. That's uh, about uh, Brett Kavanaugh, and and that's what we're gonna that's what we're going to uh, put up with. This week, how do you have a how do you have a week long FBI investigation? How does that happen? And, and of course, Comey's chiming in about how oh yeah you you know it needs to be long. it's come on all the usual suspects. So it's drove me nuts and, and having to, having to deal with these these two guys, and and then of course you have the end of media, which is entertaining this little. Uh, butt boy festival between these two guys. And, and, and so the Enemedia loves Jeff Flake and Chris Coons. They love, love this because they finally have been able to latch on to somebody, a, a politician who once again depends on them because Jeff Flake and Chris Coons need the news media. The news media can't stand the fact that, that, that Donald Trump doesn't need them. They can't stand the fact that Donald Trump is telling his own story. They, that, that, that infuriates them. Oh, President Trump shouldn't text. 
That's bad for President Trump to text. He shouldn't, te- he shouldn't be tweeting. Stop the tweeting. Of course you want him to stop the tweeting. Because you want to tell his story. You want to be the one to, to launder his, the statements that come out of his mouth. You don't want the president to tell his own story. You want to tell it for him because for the past quarter century, and I'm only going quarter century, I could go half a century, I think. But for the past quarter century, you've been the one telling us what people say. Now we hear what people say out of their own mouths and out of their own tweets. And that's great. That's what we want. The media can't stand it. They hate it. So they want to go back to the good old days, too, when these pansies like Jeff Flake and Chris Coons go crawling to them for an interview on 60 Minutes. That's what they want. It's their perfect world right now, this 60 Minutes deal. Because they can sit there and complain about how sharp Kavanaugh is and sharp as in sharp-tongued and, and how President Trump has driven the country into chaos. No, you know what's driven this country into chaos? The people who can't stand the fact that President Trump was elected president of the United States. Those are the people who are driving this country into chaos. The mere fact that President Trump exists does not mean that he's the one who's causing chaos. Mark Kaysen, if you're near a filling station, bring me coffee. I'm not tired. I just want more. I'm, I'm sorry. Please. What's the magic word? What do you mean, what's the magic word? Okay. Uh, please, damn it. How does that sound? But, Yeah. These two guys are emblematic of a swamp that has done nothing but harm this country. The enemy media entertaining both of them is a great example of that. And the chaos is brought to us by not Donald Trump. In fact, if, any, if everybody would just simply uh, fall in line with his economic policies, and I guarantee you, you, you have one Democrat talking Trump economic agenda, they're in office, lickety split, I guarantee you. That's how pissed off people are at Republicans for standing around and sitting on their hands and not doing anything, for going to state fairs and not putting up Trump signs. Because you're too, but what, you're too embarrassed about the man who saved your asses in 2016? Is that, is that what the problem is? I don't expect the Democrats to fall in line with with President Trump. They don't have to. They can stand up for what they believe in, but how they cannot believe in a better economy is beyond me. But Republicans have no excuse. And I told you last week that Jeff Flake would be trouble. I, I told you that, but I didn't tell you. I didn't, but my reason was different. I thought Jeff Flake would would vote no on the committee, and that would be it. That would be his, his protest. But no, it became more complicated than that. You know, even I wasn't able to keep up with these criminals up there and how they operate and, and the manipulative minds that they take on and, 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 the, and the horrible kinds of approaches they take with you not involved in the discussion. 
I, I believe wholeheartedly that that damn elevator confrontation was a complete fake job. And, 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 I, and, and they deliberately targeted Jeff Flake, this activist who one of them uh, actually did uh, target this per, uh, Jeff Flake. And I believe Jeff Flake was more than willing to be confronted with a video camera in an elevator as a pretense and pretext for his change of heart in his meeting with Chris Coons. The activist was interviewed by uh, Jorge Ramos. So I'm going to have to translate this for you. Why'd you do it? Why is it important to you? I do it because I'm really thinking about my daughter and my son. I do it because in reality, the stories that are coming out in solidarity with Dr. Ford are creating a new awareness. How do you like that, by the way? The activists who, who wound up manipulating and, and being being used as a pretense for Jeff Flake to pull another shenanigan is, is telling you all about it in a foreign language. Fantastic. That ought, that ought, that ought to uh, make your heart sing this morning. But nonetheless... Jeff Flake has a vested interest in watching this thing go down. At least he has a vested interest in trying to be, uh, trying to feather his nest, maybe for 2020. Jeff Flake will never be president of the United States. I would never vote for Jeff Flake, not in a million friggin' years. And I'm telling you this right now. I am a never flaker, and I'll never vote for Jeff Flake in a million years. If President Trump drops dead tomorrow and Jeff Flake becomes a nominee, I will never vote for him. Never. And, and, you, can, and you can take an issue with me or what have you. I, 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 don't, I don't care. I will never vote for Jeff Flake. If, if, if it's Jeff Flake versus Ocasio-Cortez, I will vote for Ocasio-Cortez. I guarantee you. Or I just won't vote at all. I will never in my lifetime ever support Jeff Flake. Not in a million years. Again, back to what's going on here. These two entities here plus the media, this is a threesome that needs to be held. This tape needs to be held. And so you can watch it over and over again and look at these symbolic entities, these entities that are symbolic of your quarter century of screwing. Jeff Flake and Chris Coons have zero interest in you. They don't even care about Kavanaugh. They don't even care about Ford. They care about recovering power that they have lost for the 2016 election, and they'll do anything to get it back. And the Enna media has a vested interest in entertaining these guys because this is back in the old, this is the old days. This is the, oh, here comes John McCain again on the Sunday morning shows to throw conservatism under the bus and maybe kill a few more soldiers. Here he comes, John McCain, just like that. The media loved John McCain because John McCain was always so ready to screw his fellow Republican. 
He was always so ready to throw his fellow Republican under the bus when he wasn't so ready to send troops to their deaths in Syria. That's just, so, so now we have the new John McCain. We thought that since John McCain was dead, that the likes of Lindsey Graham, that they apparently now are free to roam the, roam the cabin, which is great. Mitch McConnell's the same way. They're all like, ding dong, McCain is dead. Let's live a little here. But Jeff Flake, no, there was a market for a John McCain Republican, wasn't there now? A small one, but there was a market for him. And so there you have it. There you are with uh, Jeff Flake on 60 Minutes. And, 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 you know, I told you everything I needed to tell you about the Republican and Democratic Party, the good old days. It's kind of like, it's kind of like why, why blacks, when, 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 when they do the, uh, the baseball reminiscence, you know, I'll never forget uh, Chris Rock when he talked about baseball and why blacks shy away from, you know, the old, the old, uh, the, the baseball lore, you know. The good old days. And and Chris Rock's like, yeah, every time I turn around, they're playing like music from 1870 and showing these guys in their knickers and stuff like that, wanting to go back to the good old days. It's like, those weren't the good old days for us, I'll tell you that. Well, I have some symmetry and some sympathy with uh, Chris Rock's feelings when we talk about the good old days of politics. The good old days of Tip O'Neill and... Newt Gingrich and all those back-slapping guys talking together and, you know, negotiating. It's like, oh, yeah, right. Every time you guys got together to negotiate, it was time for us to have to bend over every single time. So, again, I'll just remind you, President Trump comes in and he wants people to take a stand. He pushes people to make their presence known. Are you for border security or are you not? Are you for the blue-collar worker or are you not? Are you for the small businessman or are you not? And these guys hate that. They hate having to make these kinds of decisions because, first of all, they like it. They liked it better when you weren't involved in their lives. They liked it better where they didn't have to deal with you people. You know, how the National Review, I think, described you as um, – a, a, a room full of grievances, right? The National Review, your Republican punditry central, your, your good friend, our good friend George Will was up there on television talking about how you and me were a bunch of rubes with a list of grievances. Remember all that? Do you remember all that? Do you remember when Chris Steyerwalt and Dana Perino and some of your friends over at Fox said the same thing? You remember that. Yeah, those Americans out there in Altoona, they, they, they just are a bunch of uh, white, grievance-filled Americans. And we won't even, because the only reason they had white, grievance-filled Americans is because they didn't go bother talking to any black people because they presumed that black people would all do the right thing and vote Democrat. Oh, yeah. Why talk to black people when black people will do everything that we tell them to do? So they're just going to vote Democrat anyway. Well, check this out. They didn't. And, uh, 
and 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 our grievances turned out to be uh, the basis on which a new president was elected and a basis on which problems were resolved and solved. We have a booming economy right now with wages increasing, the lowest black unemployment rate we've ever seen, GDP close to four. Manufacturing is coming back. Coal mining is coming back. Steel workers are coming back to work. And incomes are, are being more kept in our pockets. Small businesses are growing, hiring people. That's what, that's what, that's what our grievances turned into. But, if, but I'm telling you, if these National Review Republicans and these conservative commentators like Glenn Beck and Dana and all these other people, if they had it their way, it'd be the same old thing. Look, I have a new book on how Hillary Clinton's evil. Buy my new book. That's what they wanted because they loved it when everything was just hunky-dory. And Republicans loved it, too, because they could tell you that, oh, we can't do anything because Hillary Clinton's in office. We're trying, but we just can't do it. We'd, we'd love to do that, but we just can't because, you know, we have that evil Hillary Clinton. You know what you need to do? Write me another check and send me back to Washington so I can fight for you. You, know, you guys know what I'm saying, right? They wanted Hillary Clinton to get elected so they didn't have to do anything. Oh, yeah, isn't that Hillary Clinton? She's evil. She's terrible. Write me a check. And, and send me to Washington so I can protect you from Hillary Clinton. That's what I'll do. And by the way, uh, I'm a conservative commentator now. By the way, Hillary Clinton's horrible. I wrote an entire book on how Hillary Clinton is horrible. And I'm going to tour the damn globe. And my ratings will soar because I wrote a book about how Hillary Clinton is, is horrible. They wanted this. They wanted Hillary Clinton to be elected into office. Most Republicans uh, of, of the swamp nature did. They wanted her to be president because it's easy. They didn't have to do anything, and they had a built-in excuse. President Trump comes. It's kind of like the new boss. You, 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 the, the people who love just kind of uh, shooting paper wads at each other for a while. And just kind of keeping their their uh, their sales at some you know regular bottom line. Suddenly, the new boss is in. He's like, we don't like the bottom line. We like the upper line. We don't like the surface. We don't like the zone. We like the upper zone, the stratosphere. That's what we're going to be doing from now on. We're going to actually work. And so President Trump comes in. He's their worst nightmare. The the, 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 the the few conservative commentators who didn't like him didn't like him because they thought their ratings were going to go down. If there was a Republican in office, it's, it's much better when there's a Democrat in office because they can scream and yell into their microphones about how terrible everything is. So so and then they can sell their books. That's just it's, it's that simple. There was nobody. There was no one in the conservative media except for me and maybe Jimmy Hoft and a couple others who supported President Trump because most of the people, and I know this for a fact, 
most of the people were just making calculations. They thought that that uh, to have a President Trump and to have a Republicans in office, there's, there's, there's nothing to to scare people about. There's nothing to menace people with. But if Hillary's in there, hell, Republicans and conservatives have have yet another four years to complain. So, so that's that's why uh, when President Trump came in, he menaced all these people and drove them all nuts because they finally had to do something. Well, I I can't uh, talk about the border, and so they they confuse. They 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 want to. They're asked about the border. They're asked about the economy. They're asked about the American worker. They're asked about terrorism, and they beg off. Yeah, but uh, and and if you fire Robert and they and they talk about Russia collusion the whole time, and and they stand in front of microphones and blah 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 and say, oh yeah, but we gotta, you know, we have to do this and with the support baller and ball and they, they just come blather on and on and on. But and and then you have someone like um, the Democrats who they can't stand this either. They're 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 running amok. And 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 the reason again why we have chaos is because of them. We have chaos because of them. The chaos isn't President Trump. The chaos is everybody around him who can't stand the fact that he's president of the United States. That's the chaos. The chaos is a Jeff Flake and a Chris Coons going on 60 Minutes pretending somehow Couldn't that they— Couldn't turn away from a political spectacle unbelievable. that no one wanted to see. Last week, the United States Senate was riven by fury over the Supreme Court nomination of Brett Kavanaugh. In the hearing room— We get it, you old Pratt Chris coot. Coons of Delaware yeah. sit down with us. Yeah. It was Republican Flake who forced his party to accept a one-week FBI investigation— into the assault allegations against Judge Kavanaugh. This guy's on the way out. Jeff Flake is quite possibly the most disgusting, despicable character I've seen in a long time. His face looks straight out of a Dickens novel, first of all. Secondly, with his hooked nose and everything else. And secondly, his arrogance and his self-interest and his self-obsession is vile. And he goes on there to act like he's the purest Republican in the world. The guy couldn't, wouldn't even run again. Did, did, did Scott Pelley even ask him, hey, uh, why didn't you run again? Well, because I couldn't win. Because I was such an ass that nobody likes me anymore. And because I didn't care about my... Uh, constituents who didn't care about my country. I cared more about myself. I made all these commentaries on the Senate floor that just embarrassed me and didn't help me out and didn't help the country out. And now I can't even run for office. And yet here he is on 60 Minutes as the, as the, as the symbol of Republican purity. I'll tell you what. I, I wish we could trick Jeff Flake into becoming like a Pied Piper. And we should, we should pretend we support him and have everybody line up and then run them off of a cliff and, and destroy the Republican Party forever and call it something else. Call it the Trump Party from now on, as far as I'm concerned. 
But yeah, these two guys, oh, they're friends and they have lunch. I'm sure today a video of them having lunch. The story and, 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 will continue in a moment. And, and did and did and did Jeff Flake get the get the soup? I bet you he didn't. Neither, neither did Chris Coons. Time for another Budweiser because I'm on a roll and and uh, Mark Cason's coming in. Ah, this bud's for you, baby. It's all about. Well. I got to get to our national anthem. And it's not that I got to get to our national anthem. Like, it's a pain in the rear. I just got to get to the national anthem. And I got to get to some music. You're going to hear after this, uh, right afterwards, you're going to hear the Bernie sisters. They've got a new EP out. And it is freaking great. The Bernie sisters. Matt, what are they, 13 and 10? Okay, 13 and 10 years old. And they're on the Gaslight Records label. And they're... (laughs) They're unbelievable. I don't know how I don't know how a thirteen and ten year old do this, and I don't know how a thirteen and ten and they write their own music. They do some covers and things like that, but they write their own music and everything else. But uh, but it's amazing. So we're going to do the national anthem. We're going to uh, talk to you a little bit about. Uh, well, we're going to play the Birdie Sisters for a little bit. Uh, Mark is going to be ushered in by his uh, entourage of. <clears throat> Maxine Waters, Flying Monkeys. And I, I don't have a voice left. I, I, you're going to have to do most of the talking. Not. Never. I'm sorry, what did I say? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our national anthem people. has millions of dollars available with mortgage rates in the threes. Pay off high interest credit cards. Eliminate PMI. Fix up your home. You could even skip two months of mortgage payments. And if we can't close your loan, the appraisal is no charge. Call 314-567-GOLD. 567-GOLD. Golden Oak Land insured by Blue. NMLS 114937, 111 Westport Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD.
Look at you now Getting all of the fame Doesn't matter Doesn't matter I know you are. 6.40 in the morning. Great time of the day. Excuse me, the Bernie sisters are saying. Oh, excuse Opinion me. doesn't matter. These are 13 and, 13 and 10. Can you believe this? Well, I believe it Just because there are some talented people in the world. Yeah, well, these are yeah. pretty talented people right here. Yeah. The Bernie sisters. B-U-R-N-E-Y. You know, uh, we've got a lot of musical power here. Morgan, did you write a song? Yeah, see, Morgan is one of our, with Matt. She has a song out there, too. I got to pick up that. I got to find that. All these original composers out there. Good morning this morning, everybody. The Bernie Sisters, Where We Stand is the album. It's an EP. And then Tired is the song, so Gaslight, pleased to present the Bernie Sisters. Check it out. Facebook isn't pulling me off of this thing. Because we, we, well, we, right. no, they I, own this right. music. No, that's great. Yeah, they, I'll play the Bernie Sisters all day long. So anyway. Where's Arlo Guthrie and, 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 and Phil Oaks when we need them? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. This thing. By the way, thank you for bringing me the coffee. And Ben Murphy, thank you for the coffee yeah, ben, as well. Yeah, but we both stopped. Yes. You guys uh, you guys have to know after that first segment that you probably assumed, you probably thought I really actually didn't need coffee. Did you? Uh, I didn't but, assume anything. You asked for coffee, I brought you some. I, know. I made no assumption. Well, I know, but I was, um, I was fairly... Uh, Angered. Whoops. Is this them too? No, this is uh this is gangsta grass. This just came up accidentally. Well, barn burning. What's gangsta grass? We are the 
I'll have, to, I'll, have to, I'll have to investigate that further. I just like the whole idea of gangsta grass. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I, I try to stay away from all this new music. Oh, well, you do, do you? Yeah. Why do you try to stay away from all I, the new I, music? I, I don't there, know. My, my wife listens to all that junk, watches those programs. I can't. Those yeah. hippies? You don't like those hippies, do you? Uh, the old ones. The good ones. All the right. Classics. You have some time, right? A little time? A little bit. Okay. Because uh, did you see Saturday Night Live? Okay, I saw Saturday Night I thought it was pretty funny. How do you like Conduit, Kanye? You got to love Kanye, don't you? He's, he's awesome. But let me, let me get he's to the Ill. open here. But, but this, is, this is pretty funny. Hello. Yeah, the open was great. I'm Harris Faulkner, and we are halfway through the Kavanaugh hearing. It's special coverage at the Fox News we're calling, whoa-oh. <laughs> Judge Kavanaugh himself is about to appear So let's go live to the Senate hearing room Where two of the oldest white people I've ever seen Are about to run a circus It's interesting I, I, The one thing I did find interesting About the oldest white people I've ever seen Believe me uh, Someday There might be people talking about the oldest black people They've ever seen Because the Senate and the way it is Doesn't change And so you can change the the uh, ethnicity of people in the Senate, but you but Cory Booker will be there for forty five years, like Pat Leahy has been there for forty five years. It doesn't change. That's that's the problem with this country is that we we have people who just simply keep on regenerating themselves through fundraising and everything else, never lifting a finger for the American people and just kind of wind up sitting there. Well, come on, look, Cory Booker may end up in the White House, so I don't know what you know. Your concern, so he may not be in the Senate. I don't understand all this frustration and anger. I, I really don't. What on our side? Really, we're not, we're not frustrated and angry. Yeah. We, we, well, yeah. Okay. Frustrated is is anger isn't the word. Uh, frustrated, yes, because we're we're living in an Orwellian world where we're being told that President Trump is the creator of chaos when the chaos is being created by the individuals who can't, who can't see fit to accept the results of an election. And you even said it yourself. The entirety of this whole deal with Kavanaugh is all about, not about Ford, not about rape, not even about Kavanaugh. It's about Merrick Garland. Yes, it is. I mean, so so, well, so no, no wonder it, we're frustrated. Okay, well, look, in the first place, and and that doesn't mean that what's been said about Ford is not true. And I don't know if it's true. You don't know. Nobody knows. But here's what we know. For did you see by the way? Certainty. Can I interrupt you just really quickly? Yeah. Though, did you see the uh, did you see the the vocal fry imitation of? Uh, of her, I, it got it got somebody kicked off of Twitter. No, I, but I didn't uh, see okay, well anyway, go ahead. No, look the 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 issue is number one, Merrick Garland, but number two, Kavanaugh is lying. All of all of his friends, the people who like him, they like him now. They're Republicans. They're conservatives. They all say. Number one, he's lying. He's lying about his drinking, and, and it's not a little bit. It's a lot. I mean, all this stuff about the blackouts and everything, people who drank with him and blacked out with him are telling the story. So 
and you can read it in the New York Times today. The guy says he's going straight to the FBI, <laughs> and he's he's going to tell his story right. to the FBI. There's well, what, a what, what, what there's is this a lady, Liz Swisher right, but, but, is telling okay. the same story. Right. Where, where did where did this thing They're about all from Yale? What where did this thing about going? Buddies. Where did this thing about going straight to the FBI? Like, yeah. what does that mean? Well, it means that 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 Donald, as usual, lying. On one hand, he says, "Oh." This this is about everything and anything. What FBI has free reign, but NBC and other news organizations have found that it's the opposite. He's lying. He's he's told the FBI, "Don't look up anything. Pretend for a week, hang out, and then we'll push this guy through." Right. It's not going to work. We've got less than 5 weeks. In 5 weeks, this is over. I'm going to be standing here in five weeks. The Democrats are going to run the table, and 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 <laughs> Mark, then okay, okay. and then That's Donald enough. will be stopped. Okay, stop five weeks. Stop raping me. Five weeks. The 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 first of all, the, this is not going to happen. Kavanaugh okay. will be confirmed. We'll find out. And then you guys are just going to yell and scream and 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 yell at people in restaurants even more. Not not. I'm I. telling you. Not I. I'm telling you. This is not going to help. The Democratic Party. People, uh, you all make people uneasy. Nobody should be yelling at anybody in restaurants. Right. And nobody's going into anybody's homes. You know, that's well, story. You're, you're damn right they're that, not going that, into anybody. Well, they're not going into my home. Yeah. Uh, but but I don't think they meant it that way anyway. I think what they meant is is they come into your home through the media, which they do. Oh, right. Yes. And, and that's good. That, that's they, well, good. even then, they still don't get into my home because well, that, that TV you, you isn't can on. Tur- you can turn it off, right? Exactly. I, I watch all this. Junk. Well, okay, you, you you guys keep on. Here's the deal: you guys so far have existed on conjecture. You've so far existed on things that that have no basis in. You, you have no factual proof. Okay, so that Brett Kavanaugh harmed this woman. No, None. No, look, we we don't know. And you know what? And even we're never, never going to know. Even if Kavanaugh did black out, we know he's a liar. Kavanaugh's a liar. You can't put a liar on the Supreme Court. You can't do it. In fact, he's going to be lucky if he doesn't get removed from the Washington, D.C. District Court and put in jail where, <laughs> oh, where yeah. Jeff Smith right, went. Right, right. Because all right. you can't lie. We're, we're, folks, hey, listen, you've been put on notice that uh, one of the stops that we're going to make after we're in the Mark Kaysen van, in the van headed to prison to see President Trump, we're going we're gonna to stop by and see Brett Kavanaugh in jail, too. Yeah. I have to tell I, you, I, well, can I, is there you'll be that, lucky if he doesn't I will have to jail. tell you, honestly, and thank you for the coffee. And Ben yeah. Murphy, thank you for the coffee as well, buddy. I appreciate you guys. Uh, is, is you guys... You know, and again, you've been defensive of me with the whole uh, Stacey Newman thing for a while. I get it. I appreciate that. But a lot of you people talk about jail and shutting people down and getting people fired and all this kind of stuff. And it's no, like, no, it's why, why don't you? Why don't you? You simply, can't lie to the FBI. Why, I understand it. Why don't you? Why don't you all have any ideas? I mean. And, and and when you do have ideas, they come from Ocasio Cortez, and they're Venezuelan. So okay. it's like it's like is there is there anything you guys can come up with? I'll give you one of of any like an idea for something instead of just simply constantly blathering on about stuff that you can't back up factually, like you know lying to the FBI or rapes or Russia collusion or whatever. 
When are you guys going to actually just simply have an idea that the American people out there want to hear? I guarantee you most of America, they, they don't even care about this. I'm, uh, not, I'm telling okay, you, they don't. So fine, let's drop it. I'll give, you, I'll give you an idea, and you can not only think about it, but here is the irony. The pathological lunatic in the White House actually agrees with this. What I'm about to tell you, or I shouldn't say he agrees with it. He once, he once brought it up. He once brought it up as something good. And here's what it is. You know, we've got a debt problem in this country only if interest rates go up. Because right now, we pay our debts. Everything's fine. Inflation is low. The economy is strong. The Obama economy continues to, to move up, which it will stop. Soon enough. Right, yes. And, and, the, and the economy and, and, will be in jail. And we'll, and we'll all argue about who caused it to go down because Donald right. will say, they did it to me. Okay, anyway, look, here, here's the thing. Here's the idea. You want, I know you want is one. Is this going to take long? No, it's going to take two minutes. Okay. okay. Well, two minutes is so, a long time. Okay. So what we do is this. Instead of, of paying our bills through one- and two-year treasury bills and notes – we take all the, the debt that's in that short-term stuff and we move it to 30, 50, and 100-year bonds at 3% because rates, even though they're up a little bit, are still way low. And then you don't have to worry because you've got a fixed mortgage for the country and then you can move on and spend money and do whatever you want because that is essentially – the biggest danger that the country faces is the interest rates go up and that you have to pay 15% on this debt instead of three. Now, Donald once mentioned that. Somebody probably put it in his ear. But he's been in office for two years, and he's never come near this. And i got to tell you, even people in from Dow Jones – have written about this articles. I could send you the articles. I know you don't necessarily want to read it all, but I'm, I can just tell you that it's an idea. It's a great idea. Well, we don't need any. We we only need ideas coming from the president we elected in 2016. No, it, he mentioned it. Yeah. So he, he uh, well, good. But, then it's but a good he idea. Hasn't, he hasn't. Fantastic. Followed, he hasn't followed it. Right. He, oh, he's gone in another direction because he's insane. Be, because you guys keep because, pushing it. You guys. He, he hasn't gone in any other direction, Mark. You all have gone in other directions. President Trump has kept solely securely focused on our economy and our borders and our Come security. On. Yes, Are he you has. Serious? And, our, and world peace. Really? Yes. Okay. Look at look at what's out there. Stop complaining the last, about something that doesn't exist right now. I shouldn't even get into this with you, but I mean, the, which is talking about Donald J. Trump, because there's nothing you can talk about because he's a, a, a pathological liar who's schizophrenic or something, and and whatever he is, he's going to be dragged out as we talk about in a in a, in a straitjacket. He'll they'll put him in a an orange jumpsuit with the, with Junior, and and you and I will go visit him. With cameras from our next television show. Do you think I? I do you think if I replay this because Christine Rachel Butera lost her Twitter account, uh, and so it was deleted because she put this up on uh, uh, on Twitter. She's she's actually a supporter of um, Christine Blasey Ford. She's actually a supporter of hers. But notice that her voice, she's a voice uh, impressionist. 
and she imitated her voice. Because, because you know, Christine Ford had that little, I'm just a, I'm just a baby here in Washington, and I'm going to I'm a, I'm going to talk into this thing. I think it's a microphone. I She's don't know. a college professor. I'll have, to, I'll have to look through my big glasses to She's see. She's a if college I can see professor. It. You don't know how comfortable she is in front of a microphone normally. You, I mean, no, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I mean, are you, you're assuming that she yes. could just walk into any studio and feel fine? Yes. Maybe she can't. Well, I don't know. I don't know what, what that what would make her talk like this, though. But I, but either way, I thought it was pretty funny, though. To tell you the truth, he's listening to the Dr. Blasey for testimony. <laughs> She's good. about Brett Kavanaugh. But this is how I sound. It's a surprise to even me that I talk this way, and I'm a doctor and a grown <laughs> woman. I sound like I'm still back at that high school party. Um, I can't help it. I just have this kind of a voice, uh, like a baby, <laughs> even though I'm a doctor. And Look, in this I'm country, in this country, we're allowed to do these things. That's great. State. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny. She's good. Well, because She's, this lady's talented. Because in this country, I, I guess, why is it okay to uh, to mock the judge, but not okay to mock her? No, you can mock everybody. I don't know why. And we don't kill people for mocking fatty. Muhammad. Um, but you can listen to my testimony and hear that. <laughs> She's a well. supporter of, of Christine Ford. But I, I just figured I'd even it up since it was uh, it was since Saturday Night Live went off on uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Order, order. We're calling this meeting back to order, this hearing back to order. That's right. We're back from lunch. I had soup. And I, <laughs> I had soup as well. It was too hot. This is the, that, that was funny because that is so... That is so right on about how most of America views this Senate committee and these people there who have been there 40 years, whatever. And... It, it really is just a, the, you, the the cloistered nature of these individuals uh, in the U.S. Senate and beyond is so obvious. This is it's so swampy. I couldn't well, not, stop saying I, swamp. I, I, I couldn't I'll pay you not to say it anymore. <laughs> I couldn't but, tell, hold on, yeah, hold on. on. I couldn't. I, I honestly could not tell you one thing that Charles Grassley, a Republican, has done in his. 700 years as a U.S. senator, I couldn't tell you one thing the guy has done. And and I guarantee you, you couldn't tell me either. I couldn't tell you one thing that Dianne Feinstein in her 7,000 years as a U.S. senator has ever done. Protect immigrants. Oh, you mean with, with sanctuary city support? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Wait, wait. Yeah. That was like, so that was like yesterday. Stuff. No, no, that's excellent. I, you know, okay. and, and, and by the way, that's another one. Do you know that there are there are now 13,000 children in cages all over the country? Their, their stories are, are in the paper today. They're moving them around. They're trying to hide them. Trump is trying to kill Mexican children. I haven't seen – I'm sorry. I haven't seen yeah. that on CBS News. Therefore, it cannot be yeah. true. Well, it's in the Now, it's in we the just times. heard some very moving testimony from Dr. Ford. I listened to her, and I kept a very open mind. And, and it's that- interesting how also that when Kavanaugh goes out there and defends himself, he's apparently temperamental. So, oh, you know, this is, this is so Orwellian. It reminds me so much of – 
the uh, the the Nazi Germany attitude that if you dare speak up or say something, they put you in a straitjacket and call you insane or whatever. That, that they wanted Kavanaugh to do what other Republicans in the past have done, and that is wander away with their tail between their legs and 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 go and and sit in the corner like good little boys and girls do when Republicans and Democrats want you to behave a certain way. It was so sweet for many people of to see Kavanaugh fighting for himself, a guy whose IQ level is probably 10 times of you pick a senator and 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 so he goes out there and he says, "You know what? This is crap here." This is baloney what you're doing. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. And now suddenly he's being mocked for being temperamental. Like apparently, the, like, like, like lighting something on fire, throwing an egg at the head of a, of a Trump supporter or, uh, or, or beating a Trump supporter with a bike lock or demanding that, that people go out to gasoline stations and attack people. That apparently is A-OK as long as it comes out. It's not the, okay. and, and not nobody Has anybody ever challenged Maxine Waters on her temper tantrums? No, because you know why? Because she's righteous. She has passion. They call Maxine Waters passionate, and they call Kavanaugh a uh, temper tantrum. It's now, unbelievable. I, I think Maxine Waters is a fool. However, Ocasio-Cortez is brilliant and outstanding and going to be somebody very important in this country. Have you seen her interviewed? Who Ocasio-Cortez? Yeah. Oh, many times. She, she never answers the question about how she's going to pay for all of her welfare programs, all of her uh, redistribution programs. Never answers it. Okay. There are ways to pay for these things, and I don't know if she knows, or maybe she just doesn't want to talk about it at the time. I don't know. There are ways to pay for these programs that are that are very sensible. And and look, one of the things that we're heading towards— Give me towards, one way to pay for the program that's, that's sensible. Well, first of all, you've got to grow the country. You mean the way President Trump is? Oh, stop it. I listened to you this morning. I agree with, with, with one thing that you say— Absolutely 100%. And that is that bipartisanship is horrible. I agree. So, you know, we're, we're 100% on. Yes. Our side needs to fight for what we believe, and your side needs to fight for what right. you all believe. Right. And, 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 tr- and trying to agree to make a deal, there's no deal to allow uh, immigrant children to be put in cages. There's no when, deal. When, when I see, when I and, see, and I know you're not for it, but Donald is. He's when I sick. see, when I <laughs> very ill. Oh, stop! When I when I see Jeff Flake and Chris Coons together sitting on a sixty minutes thing, I'm immediately clutching my rear end. Yeah, sort of the way I felt in, in when an I, effort when, to keep them out of it. And I felt the same way about Harry Reid. Oh yeah, absolutely. Whatever happened to him, by the way? He retired. You know, he got old, he retired. Old one-eyed Harry. Look, we don't want people like that. Now, you want real strong advocates for your position, and I'm surprised. I understand why you don't like Jeff Flake, but honestly, he's a scary guy to me. Oh, yeah. He's a conservative. Oh, I know. He believes in the things that you care about. But look, here's an example. Uh, How about this? How about this? Is Eisenhower was Eisenhower a conservative? Um, well, let's put it this I mean, way: he was. Yeah, he, yeah. he would, but, but Eisenhower was different. He, he was a uh, Cold War Republican, 
and he, you know, he built the interstate system. That, there you go. You know, there you go. Government, right, doing its job, spending trillions of dollars, right. to take care of us. But but see, here's no, it no, was but, a brilliant but, idea. Right. Here's, here's and you can, okay, and folks, all you got to do is drive down Highway seventy. Right, right. The sign is there. Yeah. That's where it started, right. right here in St. Louis. Okay, here, here, here's the thing. And, folks, this is where Mark and, – and you have to understand this because there are other people who might bring this to your attention. Most of the people you're chatting with on the liberal side wouldn't know Eisenhower if he dropped That's out of the correct. sky and, and started riding on their know. shoulders. They wouldn't know uh, an Eisenhower if, if, if it was but, – but the interstate system was not done for us. I, I hope you know that 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 in fact. Oh, I know what it was. Oh, done okay, for. okay. Well, then, okay. Then, then, then you know the national defense then, thing. I, I well, get and it. also no, it was yeah. also a commerce issue uh, for trucks. It was yeah. another way to transport goods but and it services. Changed, it changed our lives. I let me, right. Let me finish what I'm saying yeah. here, though. It falls exactly under the regulation of commerce which is something, one of the enumerated powers of the federal government. And so the, the interstate system was not a welfare program. It was not a Rooseveltian type of put Americans to work program. It was specifically designed for commercial activity. In fact, uh, cars, you know, if, if you get pissed off at truckers when you're on the highway – Actually, it's you who really actually doesn't really belong there. It's the trucker that does. And so, and so the, the interstate system was created for the purpose of moving goods and services to Americans. It was, it was purely a practical kind of move on the part of the federal government that was falls under regulation of commerce. It transformed so don't, don't use, our lives. I understand that, but don't use that, though, as an example well, of some kind of, some kind of uh, a liberal no, idea. No, it is a liberal idea, and I'll tell you another one. I'll tell you another one. Well, first of all, what we could do today is we could build a bullet train network like Jerry Brown wants across the entire country that would further transform our lives in an era that will never ever in your lifetime mine or anybody else allow for coal and steel to be part of our economy ever again all of that manufacturing will be gone it will be and it won't be gone because we want to hurt anybody it'll be gone because it's over well here's the deal uh the the uh the the bullet train issue is one thing we haven't been able to come up with a practical way to be able to do it, Jerry Brown we, we, has. We can't. We can't even. We can't even deal with MetroLink efficiently here. Now, Jerry Brown is building it in California, and as he says, he'll never ride it because it's going to take thirty years to be completed, and he will be dead. But what he has done is created the beginning of a system that that could indeed transfer transform the United States. In ways that that would be tremendous for what you believe so, so in. Let me ask you this though: so, Commerce, so when the, business. When the, when the bullet train is built, though, uh, when they actually have a bullet train, are you just going to have a big group of Maxine Waters voters blowing behind it to make it move? How do you, how is the bullet so train going to move? So are you going to go? Well, right, right. Look, right now, 
they, they, the discussion, and I'm no scientist, and neither are or a big you. fan behind I mean, it. They talk about maglev, and that's great. Uh, magnetic levitation. Years ago, when Pisani, my buddy, you remember Rich Pisani, was was pushing all of this. I mean, we met with people at Boeing and, right. and McDonnell Douglas, and 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 they talked about magnetic levitation. You know, huh? You know. Okay. So so. But, but, but by the way, John McDonnell at the time said. We don't do this. Right. At some point, Mark, we, you have this to. Isn't our, we do here's airplanes. The deal. You know what I'm getting at. You have some way, some way, shape, or form, you have to power okay. the bullet train. And it if, won't and, be coal. And, and, yes, it will it, be. Oh, because coal is what, what creates please. electricity. It's all gone. No, 80%, 85% of the electricity produced that we use right now with these lights in Missouri is dependent on coal. It's never going to change. Okay. I mean, well, no. Okay. It, it's never going to change. It doesn't work that I mean, way. I, 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 do I have to fill this place with scientists <laughs> yes. who can explain to you how all of this works? Oh, I listen, don't know. I don't, wait, no. It's not my thing, nor yours. I, uh, that's the problem, though. You all believe that we need scientists to explain to us how things work. Absolutely. We know how things no, work. It's no. very simple. No, science is what we need to rely <laughs> on. And, and, you know, did you see the... the the, the Nobel Prize this morning. She blinded me with science. Did, did you see the Nobel Prize? No, this no. There's, there's who won that? Uh, uh, in medicine, a couple of guys who who came up with this idea that's again transforming our lives, and that is to kill cancer cells through immunotherapy instead of all those chemicals that they have to put in people's bodies. So, I mean, things are changing. Artific- I think, I think, artificial I, intelligence is coming. I think. I think the, the guy, robots are I, are going to do the jobs. I think we got to go back in time and give the Nobel Award for Medicine to the guy rolling a doobie, because so far that's the best uh, medic- medical development we've seen so far on, uh, that we could we could actually grasp and hold, and that's weed. So whoever whoever's cult they ought to have they ought to have uh, uh, weed growers of America given the Nobel Prize for Medicine. Do you see this? What is that? Now I carry this with me here, so you would think maybe is that your is that, that your that spaceship key? You, you would think maybe that I'm a pharmacist. Is, this, is that the, what you put up to the door of the spaceship to let you in? You would think I'm a doctor of pharmacy and that I know about all these. This, right? No, I don't know anything. I stole this from my daughter. Who did just graduate from SIU? Right, she is a pharmacist. Okay, what so, is it? No, it's just a little keychain. No, hey, it's, you want to see my keychain? No, it's a, it's a little thing here that 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 says you know Doctor of Pharmacy, School of Pharmacy, SIU Edwardsville. Okay, but it's not me, so I don't really know this. Now, if I had my daughter here, she could tell you because she knows. But again, I mean, look, there's an example: a liberal brought up a kid did everything the opposite of what you all believe in. Refused, I told my kids, don't work. Work is terrible. Never. Don't take, no responsibility. Just go to school, get grades, do what you got to do. And then when you grow up, you'll work and have a family, but not as a kid. But we do that. I was with some guys this weekend. Some of your followers and we talked about exactly this. I mean, all of this belief on the right. Oh, don't spoil your children. Make them work. Put them in a coal factory somewhere. Yeah. 
What are we, what's wrong with us? I try to answer your question, but I got high. <laughs> Roll another. I try to refute your bullcrap, but I got high. And by the way, I think I, you're a fool. By the way, what and you Eisen, know why? Hey, what did Eisenhower say was the biggest mistake he made in his life? Still talking about Eisenhower? Yeah, Earl Warren, the Supreme Court. He said it was the biggest mistake he ever made in his entire life. But Earl Warren changed your life. My room is still messed up. And I know why. Why, man? Yeah. Why, man? Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Come on, Mark. And all, my, me, and all my friends got high. No, but I, I didn't. I didn't. No. I didn't. I, didn't. I was, was busy. It was, wasn't healthy. I was busy, busy squatting in civil disobediently. That, that's correct. Attacking Ronald Reagan as no. governor of California. No, right? Lyndon Johnson. But but look okay. Let me, can I can I go, yeah, give you one quick ahead. thing about Eisenhower? Because because yeah. you guys keep this in mind. The Eisenhower trick is is the oldest in the book <laughs> that liberals use. By the way, you, uh, did, were you impressed how ready I was? I know every trick, of course. But I know that's a trick. One thing Eisenhower did do, I will have to tell you that 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 was a little bit off the grid, and but but again, the swamp existed even then. Okay. Stop saying swamp. I'll pay you to stop saying swamp. The bureaucracy so, is your friend. <laughs> so anyway. It um, is your friend. The swamp Eisenhower, The swamp makes your life. So Everybody it, out here, without the swamp, you would have nothing. Okay, stop it. Stop it. You're, you're, you're making me laugh now. Cause, well, cause I you try. Don't, you do not believe that. I do believe it. <laughs> no, you the don't. Swamp, the swamp. Uh, listen, I gave you that article that you, for you to read on the <laughs> airplane <laughs> about the benefits that come from the swamp. The sw- I, I love this. My, like the, the world famous quote. Uh, if it weren't for the swamp, you'd have nothing. You would have nothing. <laughs> You'd have chaos. No, we would. We have chaos now because you all can't accept the result of the election. No, no. Donald's done. In five weeks, in five weeks, the chaos is finished. All right. So so one thing Eisenhower did do that I thought was interesting was that uh, so the interstate system was created as a regulation of commerce issue. Um, it was really it, a it national a defense general issue. Welfare. Yeah, that, that it too. really I, was. It was, yeah. there, were, there were two big reasons why. Yeah. So anyway, um, the national defense issue came into play because there's a, there's a hotel. It's called the Greenbrier Hotel in West Virginia. And the Greenbrier Hotel is in the middle of nowhere. But it is the backup place for Congress. So if you went down into the Greenbrier Hotel and the, below the hotel, there is an entire uh, mock-up of the U.S. Capitol below it. It's a bunker. So that in the event of a nuclear war or whatever, uh, they would ship all the lawmakers down there uh, to, 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 to uh, hide in this bunker and still maintain the workings of the U.S. government. So, because yeah, so, they thought the commies were coming. Right, right. So you go down there, and there's, like, rooms and everything, and, and, and it's uh, Cold War, 50s type of thing, and rooms and everything down below the hotel. That's where, by the way, the Greenbrier Hotel, that's where the lawmakers were going on that train that crashed. Remember they killed those, sure. the, those two? They were going down to the Greenbrier Hotel with all their families to have a little fun. But Eisenhower actually... 
rerouted the uh, 68, uh, Interstate 68, to go right through that area there, right, right by the Greenbrier Hotel, just to make it easier for all these swamp monsters to get to, to have a place to go and to make it easier. That's why 68 takes this really weird turn. I love the highway. I love it better than 70, but 68 because there aren't any troopers on there ever, and it's through West Virginia. But you know what 68 is also called now? No, I don't. The Robert Byrd Interstate Highway okay. through West Virginia. Robert KKK Byrd. Yeah. All I can tell you is it's, it's, it's changed America. It's yes, saved, it has. It has. It saved us economically for a, 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 a new era. And, and again, we always head for these new eras. We're heading for one right now. You know, someday we'll do this show and the robot will be standing right here. Because you'll need a robot. Every, in fact, I have a robot. Yeah, do you know? Do you know? He's how right much, here. Yeah. Do you know how much you can get a personal? And 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 then I got to go to Clayton High School. Do you know that you can get a personal robot? Remember when we used to buy VCRs and they cost a couple thousand dollars? Yes. And then they ended up twenty five bucks. Well, right now you can buy a personal robot, your own robot. It'll do everything for you. It'll just go right with you. It does a lot of great things. Twenty thousand dollars. I mean, that's not bad. Hi, I'm Adam. It's it. You can have your own robot, Baxter. It's called. Right. Okay. Yeah. Rethink yeah. Robotics makes it. They're, Look, everybody's going to have a personal robot. Right. They're, Everyone they're, will. No, nobody's going to have a personal robot. Okay. It's, it's it's called an iPhone anyway, and we already it's already been been there, done that. Okay. Finally, before we go to Clayton High School, tell everybody Clayton High School how awesome Kanye West Driver, is. and I'm hosting the season premiere of SNL with musical guest Kanye West. Uh oh, Kanye got that look. Oh, no, what are you up to, Kanye? Oh, he's definitely going to do something. He's sitting here for the show. He's wearing a Make America Great Again hat on. Hi, I'm Adam Driver. I'm hosting the season premiere of SNL this week with musical guest Kanye West. All right, now, you're Kylo Ren in Star Wars. Hey, Kanye, what do you think your Star Wars name would be? Kanye West? That's about right. That's good. (laughs) So anyway, Kanye West decides he's going to make a big presentation about President Trump and support him. And it looks to me when I when I look at the uh, the some of the feed, Chris Rock has an Instagram where he's talking about how Kanye gave a speech. He's wearing a "Make America Great Again" hat, Mark Kaysen. Five weeks. It's not even five weeks. He understands, and, and they cut the feed. Because you know, he was like playing talking playing posi- playing. positively about Trump, and then he got booed. Take the fathers out of the home and promote welfare. Almost Anybody over. That? That's a democratic plan. One person claps. There's so many times I talk to like. And, and he got and he got booed for the whole thing. But the bottom line is, though, it's Kanye West who has some guts, and he finally gets out there. He's the one, by the way, who said that ridiculous thing regarding George Bush. You know, George Bush doesn't like black people. Remember that whole baloney. Well, apparently, though, he believes that Trump likes black people, and I believe he does, too, as evidenced by the fact that we have the lowest— Trump doesn't like anybody. Yeah, okay. By we have the—well, let's, let's, let's put it this way. Wait till he dumps e- even, Donald and Eric. E- even, even if— Wait he, till he puts them in jail even because he, it, it might save his butt. Even if you don't—even if you don't like somebody, you can still help them. So whether or not Trump 
likes black people is is irrelevant. No, but he doesn't even like is, Donald Jr. and Aaron. The fact of the matter is black people uh, are benefiting greatly from the fact that Donald Trump his, is president of the United he States. Hates uh, uh, he, 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 he hates his wife. He hates his wife. No, he, he doesn't hate his wife. He sleeps with, with porn stars okay, he doesn't when, sleep when, with, when his wife's right. pregnant, Marcation, having a, a you guys, child. All right, I, get out of here. I mean, seriously, every everything you guys are doing... Is, has no relevance at all Michael Avenatti to what's really going on and what's really important to Americans. So, Michael Avenatti. Thanks for the coffee. You're welcome. Love you all. See you, buddy. Thanks for my uh, coffee, by the way. Appreciate it. You guys, now you know why when people talk about chaos, why there's chaos. When you close your eyes because the left is causing chaos because they won't and refuse to accept the results of the election. So every time we turn around, we're hearing reasons why they're being driven crazy. And none of them have to do with policy. They all have to do with Russia, porn stars, racism, Confederate statues. I mean, it's unbelievable. And even Mark admitted the Kavanaugh thing it has no relation at all to Kavanaugh, no relation at all to uh, alleged rape victims. It has, has nothing to do with it. It has all to do with getting back about Merrick Garland. That's, that's what it has to do with. I put my uh, Facebook post up yesterday, and I laid it all out there for you. This whole Chris Coons, Jeff Flake threesome we saw was a complete debacle, as I figured it would be. And, yeah, there are other people who have been uh, tricked into believing that somehow bipartisanship and Republicans and Democrats coming together is a good thing for the country. It never has been. Where have people been for the past 25 years? It's simply not. We are live here in the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Thank you, everybody, for your support of Rick and Jerry Pogue and the rest of the team out there and all that they do. And thank you also to Michael Proctor, Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. Michael has his mobile design unit. He'll drive right up to your doorstep. He's a guy who will be your interior designer. He's a guy who is friend of mine, big-time Trump supporter, and if you're going to put your money into home improvement in this direction, when it comes to window treatments, I encourage you to put your money in Michael Proctor, because he's a good guy, and Dr. Naputi recently hooked up with him. Love the fact that Derek Naputi is a uh, not only a supporter of the show, but a good friend of mine, and also now a supporter of my advertisers. So, and you know what? Check this out. Michael Proctor went to Dr. Naputi. So it's all one big uh, happy family, and uh, I appreciate these guys a ton. Thank you also, by the way, to Golden Oak Lending. Make sure you know that you might not realize your home value has improved, all right? So over the past couple of years since President Trump became president, the economy has been swimmingly beautiful, and that has paid off for you as a homeowner because... Your home values have increased, even if you might not even know it. 
And so if you give Golden Oak a chance to give you a mortgage checkup, they'll qualify you right over the phone. You can lock in rates in the threes. 314-567-GOLD. That's 314-567-GOLD. Let Golden Oak Lending cure your blues. Come on, people. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you all are uh, well. And I guess a couple people uh, wanted me address something to address something that happened with Henry yesterday, but I, but he took his Facebook post down, so I don't think I'm going to have to. I don't think I want to uh, deal with that now, in case, unless somebody has some really um, some really uh, definitive questions about it. I, I'm I'm not going to deal with it. We'll have once everything calms down. I'm sure that uh, that Henry will be on with his new book and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I just. Uh, Let's put it this way. When people are brothers and people are close, sometimes you're going to have uh, exchanges. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm not – I've never been one to, you know, be uh, overly polite sometimes. I'll tell you what I think. And oftentimes I will tell you what I think in, in some ways uh, privately. Um, and I wouldn't expect my private viewpoints to be up there on uh, Facebook necessarily. But sometimes they are, and I can back them. Let's put it that way. All right. So on to uh, uh, this is this is from this is where the news media has been treating. They, they decided that Kavanaugh wasn't sufficiently rapey. Uh, they 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 didn't they weren't able to kind of pin that on him. And so now what they're doing is they're trying to uh, attack him uh, for his temperament. So. They couldn't prove that Kavanaugh was a rapist and couldn't, couldn't prove that he was even there. They couldn't prove that Kavanaugh is even a bad guy. They couldn't prove that Kavanaugh is even a drunk, for that matter. They proved that he was able to drink and drink beer and that kind of stuff, but they didn't prove anything. Again, for eight hours in this hearing, there was nothing definitive except we have a... De- Definitely crazy ass system where you can attack somebody, lie about them, and it sticks. So that was the one thing. That was the one thing. That was the one takeaway from Americans, uh, for Americans from all this proceeding, and that is that that it's easy to destroy somebody, especially if they are conservative. The left will aid and abet it. The media will aid and abet it, and there's no way to dig yourself out of it. And so and, – and then when you do try to, you must not cross the U.S. senators who are talking to you because apparently what? They have more power than you do? I mean let me, let's put it this way. The idea somehow that, that Brett Kavanaugh who has a – who is a, on the second highest court in the land who as a, a brilliant jurist – there's no reason why Brett Kavanaugh must sit there and take crap from these two-bit gunslinging prostitutes sitting on the Judiciary Committee as U.S. senators, who their main accomplishment has been getting elected and raising money. And I'm not saying all of them, but most of them. So, so, so the idea that – I mean a, a person who's a U.S. like Leahy who has been there 44 years – can you can anybody name one thing that the guy has done in 44 years? Can you name anything Jeff Flake has done in 6? 
Can you name anything Dianne Feinstein has said? Other than just being there and getting elected, what exactly have they accomplished? Meanwhile, Brett Kavanaugh has presided over very difficult cases, tough cases, has, has, has rendered opinions, has, has, has uh, gotten involved in cases that actually have huge effects on Americans. And so the idea that somehow he has to quiet himself because and, and, and not dare talk back to a U.S. senator is ridiculous. Most of us don't believe that, but a lot of us out there, uh, and I heard it from conservatives too, and Jeff Flake also, that, that Brett Kavanaugh was just too sharp. You know, he, that, that, because, again, Jeff Flake and, and Chris Coons and these guys, they don't like it when Americans speak up. And when we spoke up in November of 2016, it drove them crazy because they, they thought we would all just simply stay put and stay quiet. And, and, and Hillary Clinton would be elected and they would just kind of go about their business of writing books, selling books, fundraising against Hillary and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't expect to have to actually work for a living. So now suddenly they're trapped and we have a voice and they just absolutely don't like it. So then you have these news media people like Brian Stelter and those guys. They, again, they couldn't nail Kavanaugh on anything. So they have to go after his temperament. And this is kind of a typical ploy. Uh, you, you probably have dealt with it in your regular lives where uh, you have people where you, you actually get indignant about something or you protest something and the other person decides that you're either having a tenter tantrum or you're going berserk or you're this or you're that or, you know, uh, why are you doing that? You know, it, it's, it's, it's a typical kind of uh, ploy that people use to shut you up by trying to portray you as somehow crazy or off the grid or having a tenter tantrum or yelling or whatever when they just want you to be quiet. And, and so that's – what they're doing with Kavanaugh now. They have, not, they have not a shred of evidence this guy has done anything untoward except, what, drink six beers at a, at a, at a party and, and, and at a legal age? I mean, other than that, they had nothing. After eight hours, there was nothing to show for it. So they know that. They know uh, Ford's story had so many holes in it, she came off as with zero credibility uh, and so they have to turn then to his temperament. And, and of course, he's defending himself. And so anybody who has been wrongly accused the way he has and anybody who has who knows that people are out to destroy him the way he knows, uh, you can't blame individuals like Kavanaugh for coming out and being a human being and telling it like it is. And he did. That was greeted by uh, Brian Stelter. Now. Here, I'll blacked out in college. Lots of college people, kids black out, black out. Here is what one of his college friends said to Chris Cuomo. There had to be a number of nights where he does not remember. In fact, I was witness to the night that he got tapped into that fraternity and he was stumbling drunk in a ridiculous costume saying really dumb things. And I can almost guarantee that there's no way that he remembers that night. If Kavanaugh lied on Thursday, does that make him a fit Supreme Court justice? By the way, why'd they do that interview on the phone? 
Do you wonder why they did the interview on the phone? They had a picture of the woman, but they did the interview on the phone. Now, you'd think that with all the technology we have and with you can get a camera anywhere. Why would you do an interview on the phone? This wasn't like breaking news. Like I've seen them like when we've had earthquakes and things like that or some fire or some major activity going on. You, you get somebody on the phone uh, because, because it's just immediately it's breaking news. Why do you think Chris Cuomo interviewed this woman on the phone? Has anybody ever considered that? And the reason why, in my opinion, they interviewed her on the phone is because she didn't want to be interviewed on camera. And the reason why she didn't want to be interviewed on camera, well, I don't know, unless she was somehow bedridden in a hospital bed or something where she didn't want to, she couldn't do it. But clearly, in my opinion, she didn't want to be on camera because you can always tell when somebody is full of it, when you actually see their faces and see them talking as opposed to just listening to their voice. And so, yeah, Linda, you, you just nailed it the minute it was coming out of my mouth. Yeah, you can't tell their body language. You can't tell anything. And so, so you don't want, you know, you, you, you don't know what's going on. And plus, with a telephone interview, you could edit it. Or, you, or, or, or whatever. You, you, you can also, uh, you know, manipulate it, do whatever. But, yeah. Phyllis says, was she afraid to fly? Well, no, but they have satellite trucks and everything else out there. You know, but, but that's funny, though. But why was she interviewed on the phone? That's really unusual. I've actually rarely seen an interview with somebody who's a newsmaker or whatever uh, on the phone. And they didn't explain why she was on the phone. I don't know. Anyway, we'll move on. This is uh, Bestelter. But let's look at what you're talking about. I watched that interview with Chris Cuomo with another uh, former classmate as well. That woman said, I think he drank too much, but I didn't see any inappropriate sexual behavior. Blacking out is a very specific question when you can't remember anything that happened. He is the only person, Brian, who can answer that question. How dare anyone say that they know can get into the innermost part of his soul and tell him when he blacked out and when he didn't? Okay, so so you know, right, that... The news media now with this, uh, this reliable sources, so they've established pretty much that they can't even prove that Kavanaugh even ever blacked out. Uh, being drunk would, would not have been unusual for anybody in that, in that era and also at, at that school with the parties they had. And they couldn't prove that he sexually assaulted anybody. So Stelter then, after going through all of that, then has to turn to manipulating the story regarding Kavanaugh's temperament because that's all they have. So they decided now to go ahead and, and, make, it, uh, and, 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 and make it into an issue of his temperament now. So, so, the, so they accuse the guy of sexually assaulting somebody, right? They ruin his life. They, they destroy his family with lies, and then when he refutes them passionately, then he's accused of lacking temperament. I mean, can you, can you believe the box that these people on the left put this guy in? And this happens every day, though. This happens to you. This happens to anybody who dares show any kind of emotion or any kind of fight in them. Suddenly, the temperament becomes an issue. Even Jeff Flake, what a, 
What a beta pansy that guy is. Even Jeff Flake goes on television and, and, and attacks Kavanaugh for being too sharp. Oh, he was too sharp with the senators. Oh, oh is that right, Jeff Flake? Well, you know, let me tell you something. We could use a, a few more sharp people in this country. And one of the sharpest people was Donald J. Trump, and he got elected president. The people who are dull and don't speak up and don't stand for anything, they wind up, like you do, Jeff Flake, not running for office again. Because you can't win. And they wind up, like you do, Jeff Flake, on television with your little buddy, Chris Coons, celebrating the fact that you've disrupted your mortal alpha enemy, Donald Trump's efforts to get Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court. I mean, that's all this is with Jeff Flake. I've been through it, though. But anyway, here. Actually, on Fox News, the, the reactions were very different than the reactions on right. MSNBC. What we were seeing were folks saying, Kavanaugh now, he's dug himself out of the hole that he was in. He has a fighting chance here. People were praising his anger and his mm-hmm. rage. Uh, and- so they call it rage. It's funny how it's funny how they never refer to Maxine Waters when she orders out her slew of flying monkeys to attack people at the gasoline station and beyond. They never they never actually do do that, do they? They never refer, refer to that as rage or in fact, I don't even think they speak about that. I mean, let's put it this way. When you're on the left and you're a Democrat and you break windows and punch people and hit people with bike locks and start things on fire and uh, order violence up uh, towards people who vote differently than you do, or call people deplorable uh, during a major speech when you're running for president, you can do any of that, and you'll never be criticized for having any kind of rage or any kind of uh, uh, negative temperament or anything of that sort. You're praised for your passion. Oh, Hillary Clinton was just being passionate when she uh, when she called Trump voters deplorable. She was just exerting her her passion when she called Trump supporters deplorable and racist and xenophobic. It's it's celebrated when the left goes off, and yet when someone like Kavanaugh, who's wrongly accused, defends himself, they call it rage. To your point, he wouldn't. We wouldn't have seen that if it was a woman. No, absolutely, absolutely not. And I think part of the reason so many on the right were really praising this sort of like rageful diatribe that he went on was that he was really epitomizing this moment. Of it's a diatribe too, you know. Backlash that we're in among entitled white men who are furious about being finally. By the way, that's the other thing that I don't get, and that's the 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 white part of it. I, I has anybody been able to establish? Where the color of a person's skin or the race of somebody is playing into this, I don't, uh, I don't understand this at all. Like how, why, where does the white male thing come in? So, so if you're so, uh, especially if you're older, but uh, they use the white male thing all the time. Like so, so if you're a black male, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure what what why they keep on bringing up the race issue in the, in all of this, you know, older white men or, or on Saturday night live when they began their, uh, their thing, they said two of the oldest white people I've ever seen. It's kind of like, wow, uh, that that's really like, like, could you say, uh, two of the oldest black people you've ever seen? Could you say that on TV or, or, or could you, could you do that? No, you couldn't. You'd be accused of being a racist.
or 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 even if the, like the like this lady's doing uh what what how do you get away with just simply referring to people as uh these white males i mean could you ever say something like oh these black males or so and so and so and so you could never do that never in a million trillion years could you ever do that so why so why why is that i i mean i think we kind of all know the answer it's because if you're white um you can't be discriminated against and you and and because you're automatically assumed this privilege which is why the left keeps on pushing the privilege part of it because if you if you say that somebody's privileged you can pretty much do anything to them and they, and they deserve it that's kind of how things kind of work where where if you put somebody up on a pedestal uh, or or give them something that you've decided was uh, was a was some kind of uh position of of strength or authority, then automatically you can do whatever you want to to them after you've established that. So if you have, if you can establish that all white people are privileged, then you can defend taking things from them, discriminating against them, maligning them, and attacking them. So I guess that's easy enough. You just uh, add water, and you've got uh, the pretense on which to victimize people happens a lot and that's and that's that's really the goal i mean if you really go back into the into the solinsky playbook is you have to find a way to marginalize people it's kind of what hitler did when he was on his way to uh presiding over the holocaust the the hitler went out and he told germans that jews were their enemies that Jews were the ones who were screwing up the economy and Jews were the ones who were the, uh, a drag on the population and Jewish people were the ones who would be taking things from them. And that's exactly how he was able to establish the Holocaust. That was how he was able to defend the horrible, disgusting treatment towards the Jewish people of Germany and Poland for that matter and beyond. And so once you do that, once you've marginalized people to a certain uh, degree, then you can uh, then you can do whatever you want to them. And that's just kind of how it works. It, it's, it goes back to the old days. And it's funny how uh, people will will. And by the way, Jewish people did nothing to the German people, by the way, nothing. Jewish people weren't lighting things on fire. They weren't uh, committing crimes in, in Germany. They weren't hurting other Americans. The Jewish, the Jewish community uh, wasn't they, – they weren't flying airplanes into buildings and they weren't blowing people up. They were doing nothing. So, so the, I, I, know what, I know what you think is coming with, with the left. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Trump is like Hitler because he does that with immigrants. It's like, no, uh, doesn't do that. Uh, it, it, because he's talking about people, I'm, I'm, like people who are actually threatening this country in terms of defending our borders, and plus, it's also within his purview to defend our borders. But anyway, I, why am I arguing with a with a you know straw man there? But anyway, that's what they do. So if they can establish this whole white male thing uh, and just simply say, "Oh, all these white males, all these white males," then then apparently you can say whatever you want to about. Somebody. I mean, look, look at what, look at what happens. Look what's happened to the two black males who are on paper as as being accused or even admitting 
crimes or, or groping women. I mean, in Keith Ellison's position, he's the second highest level Democrat Party leader. He's accused multiple times of, of, of battery and, and, and of domestic violence, and there's not a peep about this guy. Not a peep. In fact, I think he became just became the attorney general of Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, Cory Booker, in in his uh, in his writings in a in, in a column, detailed how he groped uh, a woman, and then and he even talked about uh, he called it snatch. It's like really the hell uses that terminology. The 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 idea of describing. Uh, female body parts in that fashion if if you say things like that uh you basically have an inner hatred of women if you use words like that to describe their body parts and things like that so the so so the word snatch i mean c- c- can you even can you even imagine that coming out of any real man's mouth i mean a- anyone like if you like if you heard a guy talking like that or knew a guy used that terminology to describe you and your and your body parts, how far would you run away from a guy like that? Because believe me, a guy talks like that about your body parts. He, there's 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 a lot more coming your way after that. But I mean, can you imagine? I would strangle any of my sons, if I ever heard them uh, use that kind of terminology to describe a, a woman's body parts. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that shows, and I, I'm telling you, Cory Booker used that terminology and talks about people like that. Do you realize in all the writings, in all, the, the, all of the things that, 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 uh, that, that Kavanaugh wrote down, of all the things that, that he wrote in his calendar or that uh, all of the all the um, the people who he talked to and, and who he uh, uh, who he had relationship with, no one ever described him as being not only abusive to women, but referring to women as objects the way that that Cory Booker has. You believe that and Cory Booker was the one who sat there and, and, and admonished Kavanaugh. Can you, can you imagine being Brett Kavanaugh and sitting there having to take that from Corey Snatch Booker? Are you kidding me? And, 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 and no wonder he's, he's, uh, he's enraged. The idea that, that, I mean, Corey Booker couldn't... It, it, well, I'll use the terminology this way. Kavanaugh has more IQ and intellect in his pinky finger than Cory Booker has or will ever have in his lifetime. And so, uh, and, and, but in all the writings and, every, and all the testimony of all the people, there hasn't been one person, one person who has come up and, and talked about Kavanaugh and his aggression towards women. Uh, not, not one reference has been made to Kavanaugh saying even a cross word to a female. In fact, 
most of the testimony that we've seen that, that actually has come to the fore has been him lauding women, his be- best friends. He, he, he even said himself, and women testified to this, that, that uh, he had more women friends than he had guy friends. And, and, and can you imagine he, he, when he talked about the whole, you know, the virgin thing that, that he was roundly attacked for, by the way, and mocked for by Jimmy Kimmel and those guys? Um, he talked about this. He said, you know, I had relationships with women who were my friends, and, and we, we, we never even considered, I mean, even if we had certain feelings, and of course you're a human being, so you might have certain levels of attraction and certain feelings in your, in your, in your, uh, in your mind. But he said, you know, sex was not part of our communication. We not only were uh, faithful people, but we were also careful people. And so when we talked, we talked about life and we talked about, uh, we talked about our futures and we talked about our faith. And, and no one has stepped up to refute that at all. In fact, he's got 65 women in one letter saying that. But we, but we didn't, we, he said we didn't talk about sex. And meanwhile, Cory Booker's writing about snatch and, and, and going to first base or home base or whatever it is, he, whatever vile kind of objectivity uh, he, he utilized towards, towards girls at that time. And, 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 and Cory Booker is sitting in judgment of, of a Brett Kavanaugh? You got to be kidding me. But nobody ever talks about Cory Booker. And, 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 and again, I'm telling you, if, if my sons ever utilize the term snatch to describe a private part of a female, I would strangle them. It, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible, vile way to describe a female or her body parts. It's a terrible, disgusting way, and it means you hate women. That's what it means. And you've got something in your background that, that, that makes you say something so aggressive and, and raw as that. But Cory Booker did. And guess what? He's, he's got a free pass. There's, there's nothing that he could possibly uh, uh, do or say that could possibly put him in any other regard but, oh, the next president of the United States. But there's Kavanaugh, who every on every single level, every single level, has uh, had positive relationships with women. Not one person, not one person has stepped up, with the exception of Ford, who says that who claims that she he groped her. But there's not has not been one woman, aside from Ramirez and her drunken. Uh, stupor, claiming that he pulled his pants down. And Avenatti, that whole thing is, is completely false. But there hasn't been one woman of any level of respect or regard who has come forward to say that Brett Kavanaugh ever said a cross sideways word to them. Never. Not one woman. Not one. And I think there was one about the yearbook, and they talked about the uh, the uh, yeah, Melissa. It's t- oh, you read, just look up, just Google Booker and Snatch. Although, be careful. 
I wouldn't. I would no. Don't 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 Google that. But uh, Google Booker and uh, I don't know column or something. Women or home base or second base or something like that. And you'll uh, and you'll 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 uh, put it on there. Is that what you're talking about, uh, Melissa? I mean, I could. I'll find it for you. I can put it up in the comments section. But anyway, but but again, not one person. And in fact, Kavanaugh even pointed out that I, I had to I had to put together my list of people uh, to hire as clerks. I had to put together that list, and so I put together the list, and I would be the first Supreme Court justice uh, ever to have an entire staff, a clerk staff made up of entirely of women, and and, and it's clear. Uh, that 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 actually it's interesting because Kavanaugh of 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 anybody has probably had more exposure in terms of being around women than most guys of his his age. So you have a guy who actually spends more time with women than sometimes with guys, and yet in all of that time he has spent, he had uh, he's had had not had one person come come forward and say, yeah, he spanked my butt or he made some side reference about me or he uh, coerced me or chased me around a desk or whatever. And this is a guy that has had a lot of exposure there. It's really been crazy. But now it's all about his temper. Yeah, okay, so maybe he didn't rape anybody and maybe he didn't black out. But, you know, boy, that angry tone he took. With the senators is really Held something. Account. I mean, it wasn't just about this hearing. It was about the broader movement that's been happening over the last year. We're at the Me Too anniversary this Friday, exactly. which is when the FBI investigation is due, is literally the one-year anniversary of the first Harvey Weinstein story in the New York right. Times. And so I, what, what relevance does that have? It just so happens Friday, when they release their details, it'll be the anniversary of the, the beginning of the Me Too movement. It's like, what, who, what, where is that conjuring? How is that coming up? Well, the reason it's coming up is because uh, a study uh, by the guys over at the Media Research Council has put together uh, a study. So 12 days since Dianne Feinstein publicly announced the existence of this allegation, ABC, CBS, NBC morning and evening news shows have spent nearly six hours, 344 minutes regurgitating various unproven allegations against Kavanaugh. 8% of the six hours, I'm talking about 8% of 344 minutes, 8% only has been devoted to Kavanaugh's denials and the lack of cooperation of his accusers. And by the way, there is zero corroboration of anything they've They've said nothing, none, zero. Even from people who she named as being around her, zero corroboration. Anyway, uh, MRC analysts poured over the coverage from September 13th through September 24th, uh, most of the year time. So out of the 344 minutes they logged, 305 minutes was spent on the allegations made by Ford. And the charges leveled by Ramirez drew 37 minutes during that time. And uh, the additional two minutes of airtime was spent on Avenatti's stuff, baloney. But, but they didn't, you know, they, they barely even focused on that because that, that, that thing stunk to high heaven. And, and they knew it at the time. 
So we're going to take a little bit of a pause here. Going to ultimately get my buddy Jimmy Hoft on to talk about what's going on. Because this is Radio Free Almond, and we are live from the Discovery Design Studios. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME is the number for him. Low premiums and low deductibles all at the same time, people. Very rare in the insurance biz. Very rare. Good morning this morning, everybody. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Ain't no big thing. Good morning this morning. Yeah. The way Got a. Um, sorry, I got a stuffed up nose. Sound like, sound like Hermie from the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I thought I sound like Rudolph. I sound like Rudolph with my red nose on. That's kind of sound like that. So. Oh, did I say. Oh, I thought. Dude, I thought I said eight. Oh, shoot. Hold on a second, people. I'm just such a bad planner. I'll see if he's still there. I, I was supposed to call him at 7:30. I thought it was. I thought it was eight. So disorganized. Actually, it's tomorrow that that um, Jim Talent is uh, is on. See, when I'm trying to get the stuff together, you know, for the show and everything else. Yesterday, I was so distracted by all this nonsense that I had to deal with. Some of you were. Appraised of it. Um, I'm going to text him right now and see if he's still there. He's probably. I hope he is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, I was so I was so distracted by all this crazy crap that has nothing to do with you know me being on the air or the show or things like that. It drives me crazy. I, I don't have any buffers. I don't have you know. Obviously, I wouldn't want my producer staff to go through it, but. Uh, I don't have any buffers, so I have to deal with all this stuff directly. Eventually, when we get, when we grow into uh, Radio Free Almond 2.0, I'll, I'll, I'll be hiring a producer. But uh, for now, I don't have anybody in between that time to to, uh, to to settle things for me. So I've got I've got a multitude of things I'm doing, and so I uh, sometimes get distracted. And that's what happened with me here with Jimmy Hoff, the Gateway Pundit. I, I got distracted and then didn't uh, didn't get him. Hold on, here he is. Let me see if I can uh, get him. I, he's probably not there anymore. Or he'll just punish me for not calling on time. Hang on. Catch that buzz. Love is a drug for me. Come on, people. morning hi jim how are you great i'm How's sorry i'm sorry matt told you 7 30 when it was eight it really it really bothers me that he did that sorry about that <laughs> just no kidding. problem just kidding matt no i was just explaining that i i am so disorganized and and, and i you know like like for instance uh initially i was going to have jim talent on at 7 30 tomorrow and he said eight would be better and so I put it at eight, and then in my mind I thought I had you at eight, 
because I got distracted by a bunch of stuff yesterday that was nonsensical stuff, and so I I, I kind of lost my train of thought. So I really apologize, and I'm, I'm glad you are uh, you're still available. Yeah, no problem, Jamie. Great to be with you. You could you could have just not answered the phone and punished me for my <laughs> for my insolence, but uh, but thank you for for doing that. Your lead story today, brother. Yeah, Rachel Mitchell exonerating judge Kavanaugh. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, this is of course a huge story that will probably mostly be ignored by the mainstream media. And, um, I got to tell you, Jamie, since this story broke, our traffic numbers at the gateway pundit are out of this world, right? Which continues to show you that, um, the mainstream media is just failing in their job. You know, they're just so partisan. They just will never learn, which well, is good because it's good for my business, you know? Yeah, but on, on, on Facebook alone, you have uh, 22,000 shares. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. And, and that's why, you know, people, the Gateway Pundit is such an important level of alternative news. These people just don't have a fighting chance. And that's why, and this is uh-huh. precisely why, you know, it's it, you know it's tough for us because we can see a certain reality on TV, and we can put right. up with you know CBS and NBC News and get mad at them and CNN. But the reality is, in the end, this is why things wind up actually working out for us. It's because real people are are going to alternative news sources that are telling the truth, but are still just alternative news sources. So what's the what's the how how is this story coming about? So she's Rachel Mitchell, though yeah. is not only an investigator; she's also a prosecutor, by the way. So, right, what did right. she come up with? Well, of course, for your audience, she's the uh, prosecutor who interviewed both uh, Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Ford in the most watched television for the past several years. When uh, uh, they were interviewed on Thursday about the uh, the alleged incident that Kavanaugh took part in. Um, so uh, she released a report this weekend. She released it Sunday night, and it's just brutal. She comes out and she says that she completely exonerates a judge in this new report. She says these charges would never be brought forward. She says um, uh, she, she noted several specifics. And I'll read them off to you. Dr. Ford has not offered a consistent account of what happened. Dr. Ford has struggled to identify Judge Kavanaugh as an assailant by name. She originally uh, said that uh, it was an assailant in 2012 in in her therapy session, um, but she never said who it was at that time. Um, when, when speaking with her husband, Dr. Ford changed her description of the incident. Um, to become less specific, Dr. Ford has no memory of key details of the night question. Um, she has no idea how she got there. She has no idea how she left. She has no idea where it was. She has no idea when it was. Um, and so she has there, – there's nothing to her story. It's going to be hard for the uh, FBI this week to investigate it. Uh, this uh, Dr. Ford does not remember in what house the alleged assault took place where it's located, or any specificity, uh, spec- I don't know, I think I yeah. butchered that word. Yeah, that's but, okay, but, uh, specificity, it, yeah, fine. Yeah, anyway, she has no idea of even the location, uh, general area, um, and uh, she does not remember how she got to and from the party. So she, 
this uh, prosecutor, um, Rachel Mitchell, then put this report together. She released it to the Republicans, but it was leaked out to the press, as everything is these days. And, um, uh, and uh, then in her most damning statement, Mitchell wrote, the activities of congressional Democrats and Dr. Ford's attorney likely affected her account. So that's, that's pretty brutal, um, saying that they actually helped shape her account. So she completely exonerates Judge Kavanaugh, as, as of course, any court would, because there's nothing there. You know, you can't, uh, she has, there's no corroborating evidence. Her friend even said she doesn't remember the incident, nor does she ever remember being at a party with Brett Kavanaugh, who, by the way, Jamie, if he was at a party, I think most people would remember it. He was at top of his class at Georgetown. He was he was on the football team at Georgetown as a wide receiver, and he was the the captain of the basketball team at Georgetown. This guy was exceptional. If he was at your party, I think you'd remember it. And he you know also what I'm saying? yes, and you know what? Also, he's he also had. I pointed this out earlier. He also had, and it's and it's a it's a it's a it's a matter of fact. He also had probably more interactions with women than any of his peers did. During that time, I mean, he because he, he, you know he's described his friends and all that kind of stuff, and so he he probably put himself in in a situations more situations than anything that that if he were some kind of creeper, he would have been ID'd right away, and and he wasn't in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, isn't that amazing? He never had this reputation of being a uh, you know some creepy slime ball, you know, who's chasing women down and being crude to them. Nothing at all like this has ever turned up except for the last two weeks. I mean, Democrats really went to a new low. And, Jamie, uh, going back, you can tell that the Americans are fired up about this because there was like one in five households had the TV on on Thursday watching this hearing um, across America. And, uh, And the traffic that we're having on this story continues just to light up Gateway Pundit. And then, of course, it's because, too, we have a media that has completely failed. And so we're, we're reporting the other side of the story. Like the fact this weekend, we, we had a, a reader send us some photos this weekend, Jamie, um, of the home that was in question. And this home, we, we, uh, we proved that it was the actual home, Christine Ford's home, because the media – there were showed it on TV a couple of weeks ago because her supporters were holding a rally outside of her house. Well, the media accidentally showed the house. And so then we have the pictures that this woman sent me that show I didn't, Jamie, I didn't even know you could do this, but with uh, Google maps, you can, you can click on a property and you can click back to see how the property has changed its looks which is really interesting. Wow. I didn't know that was possible. I didn't know it was possible. So what we found was that we, we found photos of 2007, 2011, 2015 of this home in question. And what we found was that the door, the second door that she said was, you know, the, right. the, the crux of her argument that she had to get a second door because she was so paranoid about, uh, uh, being in a house and she, she was claustrophobic and this and that. Um, she needed a second door and it, it caused all kinds of strife. 
between between her and her husband. Um, it, actually, this door was put on in 2011. She said it was put on in 2012. Yeah. So well, we found photos of the home in 2011 that shows the door is already there. <laughs> Unbelievable. So she completely lied. She she lied about this. One of the central facts in her in her, her whole argument. So um, it, 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 it we've just been picking apart this story. And um, then last night's breaking report from this Rachel Mitchell, which shows that, uh, you, you know, and she knows she, this woman is just, uh, she's just not credible at all. So, um, by the way, Jamie, I was in D.C. last Thursday when all this was breaking, and uh, I, um, I, of all days, I had testimony on the Hill that was completely overshadowed um, by this testimony in the Senate, and and uh, so so I went to a there was some protesters there for uh, in support of the uh, Avenant, and um, there was it was so much going on it was it was pretty wild. But uh, any anyway, I was there um, and uh, I could see that. The energy for this, it just overshadowed everything. Yeah. Well, I've never seen anything like it in years. Oh, I mean, here, here's, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, and, and, and I, I want to double back on that, but, but this whole situation regarding, uh, like, for instance, the 60 minute show that Jeff Flake did with Chris Coons, which was a disgusting yeah. display of two swamp creatures being interviewed by the enemy media. Um, and, and, and so, uh, Jeff Flake is, is just a, a horrible human being, I have to tell you, but two of the, the bright lights, cause Jeff Flake is really in the end irrelevant, even as he wants to make himself relevant, uh, <laughs> other than just simply a, a good object lesson in, in the old Republican party that we sent packing. So, um, now that right. I guess, but, but the Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, two guys who, well, you and I have spent a lot of time riding like rented mules sometimes because of their comportment and because they just are so wishy-washy. They've been two of the highlights uh, of this of this event, and 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 Kavanaugh wasn't even Mitch McConnell's second choice; it was his third third on the list. So, but there's McConnell stepping up, and even today you have a post where Mitch McConnell um, stood up again. Right. McConnell uh, put out this statement last night against the third accuser, this uh, Sed- Sedwick woman, uh, who Michael Avenatti dragged out last week, right? Yeah. So this woman alleges that she went to several parties where the women were being uh, gang-raped. She was actually in college, but she was going back to the high school parties, and she continued to go week after week, even though the women are being gang-raped, Right. So uh, right there, when you hear that story, you're like, this is nonsense, just from the, the immediate details you, you hear. But what McConnell did was he looked back at her history, and, uh, you know, this woman has – she's just <laughs> – she's been in a court case after court case. She's, been a, she's accused her employers of all these things, and they've had to settle with her. They've, uh, they've sued her. She's just uh, – she, we put up something last week where she owes a lot of money in taxes. She sounds uh, pretty much like a slime ball. I think I can say that on the radio. And uh, anyway, McConnell puts this out, which is very uncharacteristic, like you said, of, of the Mitch McConnell we know. Yeah. 
I mean, it looks like I, mean, I said this before, and I, 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 I mean, it might not be true, but it seems like ever since John McCain went away, uh, these people have somehow regained some level of confidence, and 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 are on, you know, are acting so independently now. I, I found it, I find it fascinating and 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 welcome, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Right. Um, right. One, Absolutely. A couple of things. One, one off the Kavanaugh topic that we'll get to in a second that you have a post about, which I think is great uh, about the trade deals. But before we get to that, um, so we have Jeff Flake and we have the Democrats uh, kind of on their little feeding frenzies and we have the Republicrats on their little feeding frenzies. And But one of the things I've noticed disappointingly is the uh, the coming out of the libertarians – uh, attempting to try to capitalize on this whole thing. Uh, I had an, had something on Facebook yesterday. One of these guys who's a libertarian was like, uh, Kavanaugh, it's just a cover-up for Kavanaugh's disdain for the Fourth Amendment and the First Amendment and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and, and, and this guy is a self-professed libertarian, and he's slinging this garbage. And first of all, I, and he, was, he quoted an article by Tyler Millard that Hot Air features prominently on their website. And Tyler Millard not only is a, is a horrible – I mean, he's, I've never seen more awful writing from people who are on these blogs before, but, but he's a terrible writer. And, and, and he's a libertarian, though, and he's a never-Trumper. And he made this uh-huh. assessment that that um, Kavanaugh is terrible when it comes to the Fourth and First Amendment. And I responded to this guy. I said, you know, first of all, Kavanaugh – the, the, once you get through all the terrible writing with this guy, you realize that in the end, Kavanaugh, the, the sole beef on him really is related to the fact that he has continually supported uh, the Constitution's broad powers that it affords the uh, the president. And, and, and so everything that Kavanaugh has done is a reaffirmation of the powers of the executive branch that are actually confirmed by the Constitution and reaffirmed by Congress on a regular basis. So Kavanaugh isn't 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 some kind of you know uh, search warrant violator or whatever. He's a guy who has uh, reaffirmed the broad powers of the executive branch to defend this country. It's 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 just it's that simple. But anyway, now the Libertarians though the Libertarian Party you, you put a tweet out here. Um, and it's actually the National Party, and it was a tweet that said, all libertarians say no to sexual assault. And it was hashtag Kavanaugh hearings, hashtag Kavanaugh vote. Right, right. Unbelievable, isn't it? So uh, I guess they're they're the judge and jury in this uh, these accusations. Uh, what a stupid thing for them to do. You would think they uh, – to for one, to get involved in this partisan uh, topic. And the, the other thing, to, uh, to take sides with this uh, accuser, I, I, don't, I don't think it helps him at all, I, you know? And, uh, and then again, to, to, to condemn this man without any, uh, without any you know, <laughs> trial or anything, and from all the evidence we've seen so far, there's nothing there. So um, very uh, strange for them to, to uh, insert themselves in such a bizarre way. They're supposed to be for the Constitution, and yet this is they just spit on it right here. Yeah, I mean, there's there's really nothing civil libertarian at all in any way, shape, or form 
there's nothing uh, about you know uh, guilty until proven innocent that is remotely related to civil liberties. I don't. I can't imagine how these people are able to defend that the Libertarian Party, other than just to simply see them see them as a group, as a bunch of people who are just simply trying to capitalize on 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 this and and make hay out of it and and at the expense of actually decency and indeed civil libertarian liberties. All right. So you also have a post and this is off the Kavanaugh topic and it's a great one. It's, it's one, it's, it's, but, but it's related to one of the reasons why the left wing and Democrats and others are, are continually temper tantruming, whether it's about Kavanaugh or whether it's about any other topic, because uh, the president and his policies are seeing wild success and president Trump and this isn't getting a lot of um, play, but he just announced this new trade deal with Go Figure Canada and Mexico, and uh, yeah. they said this wouldn't happen. They said this wouldn't ever right. be able be something that could happen. Oh yeah, yeah. They they they, they were worse than that. You know that Jamie. They were saying uh, Trump's going to you know he's going to kill the economy. He's going to cause a trade war. You know, all these things that they continue to hurl at Trump, where are, they, where are those same people today? I'd like to get them back on, uh, you know, back on camera to uh, apologize to the president. Here he is, another huge win for President Trump. And, you know, Jamie, I got to tell you, I have older siblings. Uh, there's nine of us, big Catholic family. <laughs> oh, right? really? There are nine and of you? I have, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, I lost a brother a couple of years ago, but yeah. uh, there was nine of us. And, um I, my older siblings grew up in the sixties are kind of hippie ish time, you know, so they're, they, and uh, they're more left wing than the younger siblings. Anyway, um, they were the ones who always complained about NAFTA and what a bad deal it was. And they're the Democrats, right? right. And, uh, saying this was a horrible deal. And then Trump comes along and Trump explains how free trade, you know, supposed free trade has hurt uh, the Americans so bad, and you start listening to Trump, and he completely changed my mind on these trade policies. But it wasn't before Donald Trump explained them, you know, because this was such a plank of the uh, Republican Party that we're going to do this so-called free trade, and we all bought it, you know? I did. Uh, anyway, Trump comes along, says he's going to redo these trade deals. Here he is today. Uh, they they announced that NAFTA's be, been, re, you know, they have the negotiations that are finished. He has new deals with Canada and Mexico. Where are all these same leftists, these middle ground leftists who uh, wanted this thing to go away? It's interesting, isn't it? I, I don't expect the media is going to say much about this today, even though this, again, was a huge accomplishment for President Trump. Well, yeah, because it, it was it was announced yesterday and got almost zero coverage and and it, even to the point where they actually renamed the agreement it's called the United States Mexico Canada agreement uh so i mean it, it's it, it's pretty amazing news i mean that that's that's such big news and and uh and unfortunately though i i hope it gets reported more because uh, it's another reason why this so-called uh, blue wave it, the, the, this idea that you know, I'll give you an example, uh, Jimmy. One of the people, and I haven't talked to him about this yet, so I'm, I, I hope I'm not putting words into his mouth or putting votes into his hand. But what I'm saying is, uh, like Chris G is a steam fitter, and he's a Democrat, a conservative Democrat, and uh, uh, we we called him back 
in the 97 one days when you call my show and he's chiming in on Facebook here occasionally, uh, we call him steam fitter, Chris, and he would call the show up and, 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 and he and I would argue about a few things here and there. Uh, but one thing was for sure that he was going to vote for president Trump. Uh, he didn't like Greitens and the whole, uh, you know, uh, right to work thing, but, but president Trump, he, he had a vested interest in this as a tradesman, uh, and a union tradesman. And one of the things I've always done reflexively, and I think you have too, uh, as conservatives, sometimes, unfortunately, conservatives have always come across as being reflexively anti-union for whatever reason, uh, unnecessarily so. I think our issues are with public employee unions. Uh, and, and so right. Scott, Scott Walker in Wisconsin and, and, and those kinds of things, it always amazed me that trade unionists were supportive of these public employee unions because they, they bore no semblance to a trade union. So anyway, um, Chris was on a show frequently, and, and they supported President Trump because they believed in his uh, economic policies, and, and they believe that uh, currently the trade system is, um, is not free because it's not fair. And so uh, right. he, he voted for President Trump, and I, and, I, and I haven't talked to him about how he's going to vote in November in the midterms, but it's almost impossible for me to believe that a guy like Chris, steam fitter Chris, or any of these other guys would go back in November and vote for people who will vote to roll back policies implemented by President Trump. So, so to me – this blue wave has zero chance of happening, and the same people who voted for President Trump, as long as they get out there, are going right. to vote for people who support his agenda. Right. Right, absolutely. I think you're right on. And, and uh, going back to this Kavanaugh thing, I've never seen the energy around this, and I can tell you right now that there's no other issue that has ignited the Republican base than this issue with Kavanaugh. To see this innocent man that everyone knows, you know, you see this guy and the way the media has condemned him, the way the left has, you know, uh, made these stories up, brought these witnesses out at the last minute. You know, these political tricks are doing with a man's life and his family and his daughters. People are outraged. So the Democrats missed, missed, had a misstep here. Republicans were going to sit at home, but I'm telling you right now, Jamie, and I, I, I'm predicting this, it's going to be a red wave. I have never seen the energy like it is right now. And I can tell you, and I can show you the numbers, I can tell you our traffic is out of sight. We're, we have a million readers a day today on Gateway Pundit because people are fired up and the Democrats scare the hell out of them. Well, and, and you, I, th I think another bellwether is just just look at the reactions of people who always who who have been a little wishy washy in their support of President Trump and even some of his policies, and look how they're coalescing. So so so, so we mentioned Lindsey Graham and we let, mentioned Mitch McConnell, and 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 those guys suddenly I've never seen those two with more energy. Uh, but then you also have <laughs> then then out of the blue comes Rand Paul. Who has you know been a skeptic, and I've always, I've always liked Rand Paul, uh, but mm -hmm. and is more of a libertarian flair. He comes out and he wants a an FBI investigation of the of Feinstein and and the doxing uh, situation. So so there's Rand Paul coming out and 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 he's swinging. Uh, so so that 
I mean, that's pretty amazing. So if you just look at it from the elected official standpoint, people who otherwise have not always been, you know, Trumpians, you know, uh, are all coming out and they've been uh, they've been completely lathered up and engaged by all this. So to your point about voters, man, if, if you can get if you can get Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham and Rand Paul all as fired up as they are, imagine the voter who went in November of oh, 2016. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think this was the the going to go down in history as one of the worst mistakes Democrats did. They uh, they overplayed their hand. Um, they really showed who they are. These people are just toxic. They don't they don't abide by the rule of law. And as people are saying, they're 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 bringing uh, Western uh, you know tradition and laws and rules back uh, about a thousand years. For yeah. now, the mob rules. Yeah, this is the left today, and I think it scares the hell out of people as it should. The left has lost their mind. They really need our prayers because, like that little girl, of uh, Kavanaugh's little girl said, we need to pray for this woman. Well, we need to pray for the Democrat Party because they've lost their freaking mind. You know? Well, people are so scary today. Yeah, and, so, yeah, and you anyway. know, yeah, and to your point, Jim, I, I think you're right because, I mean, I actually, I do, I feel so, I mean, I know a lot of Democrats. I mean, I, I know a lot of liberals. You know, I even my own, my members of my family, like yours, are very liberal and and I actually I feel bad for them because they don't have any representation now whether or not I agree with them is one thing but I, but but it, even with people I disagree with I feel bad when they don't seemingly have a fighting chance to talk plainly and and uh and just directly about certain issues that that are near and dear to them because they can't get past their wacky crazy unhinged chaotic leadership uh, and so <laughs> i you know i mean i mean I, I i have people who i know who are good people I, I disagree with them philosophically uh but they have no one looking out for them right now no one uh i think you're right i think uh yeah there's not such a thing as a moderate democrat today they have the feminist and uh the code pink and uh uh, the, the Black Lives Matter, they're, they're all running the party today. And um, what's interesting, too, is even with this Kavanaugh issue, they can't come out and they make it a race issue against white men. Yeah. I mean, this is how crazy the left is today. I don't know how, you know, uh, and I don't believe this is a racial statement, but I don't know how you can be a white male and, and want to join a party that hates you yeah. and, and throws out these awful things about you know and lies really basically just lies about white men it's just disgusting well especially I mean, it's so it's so racist yeah i mean especially when i explained earlier how you know here's cory booker who who bragged about uh degrading women uh and yet he's given a complete <laughs> pass and 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 kavanaugh who there's not one shred uh, in fact, all the evidence that actually is on paper and real indicates his uh, actual uh, uh, respect for women. I mean, uh, and, and yet Cory Booker is the one who's getting the pass and Kavanaugh is the one who's, who's you know, going down in history as some kind of uh, abuser. It's just it's, it's so wrong. Yeah. But I will tell you one thing that, that is absolutely great to see. Because you know this was this was an absolute uh, trick bag for President Trump, and boy did he handle this beautifully. 
I mean, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, 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 I thought you, I think maybe you thought I was going to a soundbite there. Yeah, I thought you were going to play a clip. No, no, I mean, I'm just saying he, 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 the, there were so many landmines built into this whole controversy. Uh, and, right. and President Trump managed to avoid every single one of them. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it really was. Uh, this is, uh, you know, the 3D chess they accused Trump of playing with sometimes, or 4D chess. This guy, uh, yeah, it's just phenomenal. And then today to have the trade agreement come out, I don't know how any rational, you know, thinking person can, can side with Democrats when they just are pushing nonsense, have no solutions. Jamie, we've heard not one suggestion of how they would improve the economy. Yeah. Of course, because they don't have any. But um, the fact that they, you know, as much squealing and whining that they do, they have nothing to offer the American people. Um, So uh, Trump, with this huge win today, I don't know. I think we could see a red wave. I mean, we've already seen... In Missouri here, Claire McCaskill came out and said, I cannot support Kavanaugh. Her, her poll numbers dropped immediately, and now Josh Hawley is a few points ahead. Um, so I think this is going to come back and bite Democrats really hard. I think, we're, I think we're just starting to see how much this affected the American public. It should affect the American public. The fact that the Democrats want to change the whole uh, legal system into mob rule should really scare the hell out of every American. I am concerned about our local Republican contingent, our congressional contingent, who have been, to my, what I've been seeing, uh, who have been silent on this right. on this matter. I, I and I'm very concerned about that because uh, I don't know whether they just think if they just kind of wait it out and let and and don't stand up. I mean, you've got people like Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. You know, fighting, yeah. uh, and yet we had we don't hear a peep from our local congressional contingent on this, even just like a tweet or something that 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 right. says something. And I'm thinking, well, why why are you not saying anything? And 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 are yeah. you that scared? And uh, I have to tell you, they better not bank on. Uh, they've got to be careful because they can't just bank on Republicans voting for them uh, because they're they have R's next to their name. And to your point about Democrats. Sometimes you get a Democrat out there. If, if, if a Democrat is passionate and out there and promises to support the president's economic uh, initiatives, that, that could very well get them elected. So these Republicans better be careful because right. they better get out there and fight, in my opinion at least. Right, absolutely. That's what the Americans want. That's why the Trump is president. I don't understand uh – this old thinking of a lot of uh, people, they're stuck in some old paradigm of thinking about the Republicans and how they should behave. They need to they need to break out of that mold. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, brother. Well, listen, I, I really, um, really appreciate you uh, being on, brother. And, and thanks for all sure, the time Jamie. you spent. Uh, and again, congr- right. congratulations on your website. You, you guys, the Gateway Pundit is I, I go I, I would go there even some of you like pop on to drudge or whatever but i your 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 news is right here right. at the gateway pundit and no no offense to drudge cuz oftentimes he links jimmy uh, but i'm just saying that right. that uh you're 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 chock full of news brother and i appreciate it very much thank you jamie appreciate all right man uh, you take okay. care all right that is uh jimmy hoff giving me a break even though like i was half hour calling him you know 
It's a great website, by the way. And, you know, sometimes people think, well, are there a bunch of uh, pop-ups and that kind of thing? Not on, not on the Gateway Pundit site at all, in any way, shape, or form. So Kanye, did you guys watch Saturday Night Live? I actually thought it was kind of funny. Kanye was great, but even the Kavanaugh thing was pretty good, you know? We are live here at the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Thank you to Santino's Cigars and Cocktails. Santino's Cigars and Cocktails right there on Vogel Road. So happy that you guys came out to our uh, Radio Free Elman Happy Hour last Thursday. It was a fun time. Picture all up. And thank you to Shannon and Mike for all their hospitality. And Santino Cigars and Cocktails, that is uh, your place. They have your bottle, everybody. So it was a, it was a fun time. Also, thank you to my buddy, Eric Naputi, NaputiWellness.com. Great place. And, you know, doctors don't like it when you use the term cure. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the term cure because uh, he is an amazing guy, whether it be PTSD, ADHD, or migraine headaches, stomach issues. Just name one and run it by him and see. He'll be able to help you with that. NaputiWellness.com, right off of 55, also in Chesterfield. So can't miss that. And his uh, people who work in the offices are just fantastic, too. So he takes good care of his people. And that means you're getting great care as well. So did you see also that the uh, this Jesuit magazine... <laughs> This I don't know I don't know what I don't know what it is about all these usual suspects coming out of the woodwork, whether it be the libertarians who are like, uh, what was that again, dudes? You 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 support uh, guilt before innocence? What's wrong with you? And and, uh, and even if 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 your if your if your issue with with Kavanaugh is his stance on the Fourth Amendment, then say it is instead of actually trying to crush his nomination. Uh, by playing along with all the the liars related to uh, to Ford, I mean, I, I don't know why you, you you I don't know why you would use that as your Trojan horse to get to the electorate by 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 claiming that uh, that 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 this is about the Me Too movement when there's zero evidence and and you're civil libertarians. How do you possibly back up the, that point of view? But then this Jesuit magazine came out and said that. Uh, that the nomination should be rescinded and they pulled, they pulled their support back of Kavanaugh. And of course, Kavanaugh, as you know, is Catholic and the Jesuits are Jesuits just saying. And so, and, and they're liberal generally. And so they came out and and with, with no evidence at all based on, based on no evidence at all that Kavanaugh has done anything wrong. None, but just came out and said, no way. Now, Saturday Night Live, I think they, they weren't very nice to Kavanaugh, uh, but it was kind of funny because it's one of those things where, uh, 
where I um, sometimes it's like, well, I like watching the Hillary Clinton commercials, you know, um, whenever she attacked President Trump, I, I thought it was like an ad for him. President Trump is going to do this. I'm like, awesome. And then he's going to do this. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that's cool. And then he's going to do this. I'm going, well, I'm definitely going to vote for him. Vote for Hillary. I'm going, wait a minute. You kidding me? No way. So Saturday Night Live, actually, the, the Matt Damon character actually made me like Brett Kavanaugh even more. So that was, that was if they were trying to somehow diminish him, it didn't work on me. I actually kind of thought it was very entertaining. And, and also Kanye was on there. So that I guess they had to kind of balance the Kanye thing. But the, the, uh, it was fairly, uh, fairly entertaining. Here, check this out. Here's the open. This woman did a. T- By the way, whoever this woman is who's uh, doing the Harris Faulkner thing, she's horrible. I don't know who she is, but she's really bad at whatever she's doing here. I don't know. If, I mean, it's uh, it's really terrible acting. I don't know what the deal is. Here, I'm Harris Faulkner, and we are halfway through the Kavanaugh hearing. It's special coverage at the Fox News. I mean, I feel like I'm watching like a high school play. It's like, what is, who is this chick? Is she a regular on Saturday Night Live? Because she can't act herself out of a paper bag. But anyway. Calling, uh-oh. <laughs> Judge Kavanaugh himself is about to appear. So let's go live to the Senate hearing room where two of the oldest white people I've ever seen are about to run a circus. Actually, now, keep in mind, it's, it's, it's the old white people thing, the, the race, you can get all crazed about it. But I have to tell you, this bit with Grassley and Feinstein, uh, these two actors portraying them, is actually pretty funny and actually really kind of true. So, here you go. Order, order. We're calling this meeting back to order, this hearing back to order. That's right. We're back from lunch. I had soup. (laughs) I I had soup as well. It was too hot. I mean, so that's funny uh, because most of us Americans uh, looking from the outside in, that's what we see. We see, uh, and nothing wrong with older people, but we just see a bunch of geriatric people People who that's what they do. They talk about what they had for lunch uh, when they're not destroying the country. So, uh, so you know, it was a bipartisan stab, which I uh, which I felt good about because <laughs> Feinstein was just as bad. And that's how people. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's how we look at these things. Again, uh, these people are duly elected U.S. senators. So I, I'm I'm not trying to trash the people who voted for them. And and if you're there for 44 years, like Leahy was, well, uh, God love you. The 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 U.S. population of, of in that in Massachusetts there uh, put him there. Uh, so um, you know the Iowans put Grassley there. I, I can't tell you one thing that any of these people have accomplished at all. I if you go down their list. Of of uh, of initiatives, I can't tell you one thing they've done, but there they are, just like the the you know the the, the Muppets in the in the in the gallery in the in the opera box. But that was pretty funny. 
Now, we just heard some very moving testimony from Dr. Ford. I listened to her and I kept a very open mind, and that is why I already voted yes for Kavanaugh before she said a word. Now, um, by the way, uh, actually, Grassley, in his defense, said they were going to vote yes on Kavanaugh before they even heard from Ford. So, so actually, Grassley never said that he was. Uh, he never said in relation to Ford that he was a yes vote. He he was a yes vote before Ford's story even came out. So anyway, that that that's neither here nor there. Heard from the. That's why I can't watch. That's why I don't watch this stuff live, or or why I must watch it alone. Because because this is what I do. I would sit here like this and comment on it and drive everybody around me crazy because I wouldn't shut up. And they'd have to tell me to shut up. Jamie, shut up. Try to watch Saturday Night Live, okay? All right, whatever. So that's why I have to do this all by myself. And you guys can't tell me to shut up because I can't hear you. So you could try to call in and tell me to shut up, but that wouldn't work either because I just wouldn't answer. So you can't tell me to shut up, which is the beauty of radio. I can just talk into this microphone and no one's telling me to shut up. Although I know you probably are right now in your mind going, Jamie, shut up and get to the, get to the thing. I will. Hang on. Okay, now, back. Victim, uh, but now it's time to hear from the hero, Judge Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I mean, that's sometimes it's a, they're joking about Republicans and, 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 and people who are the, uh, uh, the, the people who – on the outside, there are people who really kind of are undecided about what's happening. And of course, you know, the odd part about this is they actually called her the hero more than anything else. But anyway, it was funny. Come on. Some of this stuff is funny. Who I'm told has been shadow boxing in the men's room for the last 45 <laughs> minutes. Judge Kavanaugh. <laughs> Is Matt Damon like 10 feet tall or something? Is he a big guy? Because he looked gigantic in this thing. What? Judge Judge Kavanaugh, are you ready to begin? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you this. I'm going to start at an 11. I'm going to take it to about a 15 real quick. See, I, 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 I liked Kavanaugh more watching this. And, of course, people who think he's a temper tantruming crazy are just going to be reaffirmed about that, too. That's just how, how things are, you know. First of all, I showed this speech to almost no one. <laughs> not my family, not my friends, not even PJ or Tobin or Squee. <laughs> this is my speech. And it, it was kind of interesting, though, the, on the Kavanaugh end, uh, that we it was so weird and surreal to watch the Supreme Court nominee having to uh, tell us, you know, stories and include nicknames of old friends. And it just was almost like we were way back in, in high school with the guy. It was really kind of very interesting. And that's funny, you know? There are others like it, but this is mine. I wrote it myself last night while screaming into an empty bag of Doritos. (laughs) 
I'm here tonight because of a sham, a political con job. You know, what's really actually interesting about this, too, is it's the, the very fact that Saturday Night Live did a skit about this just goes to show you that there are a lot of Americans out there who watched what happened and didn't take this very seriously. And, I, and what I mean is the, the, the process itself and how it all uh, unraveled and Ford and everybody else, they, they saw this as a, as a you-know-what show. Uh, and, 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 and I'm not quite sure they came out thinking one way or the other about Kavanaugh. They actually – I think a lot of Americans were like, wow, that dude is – Fired up. What's his name again? I mean, you know. But I think the fact that Saturday Night Live even dealt with this is pretty interesting. Because I'm sure, I'm sure there are people out there who, uh, who are like, you shouldn't do this. This is about sexual assault. You shouldn't be making a skit out of it. But actually, no one – well, there were a few people who complained. But if I'm like a Me Tour, I, I'm, I'm, this isn't good for me because I'm, I'm – uh, they're, they're, they're making fun of this situation. And, and the fact that they're making fun of it indicates to me that they actually uh, think this is more mostly show and very little fact. Illustrated by the Clintons and George Soros and Kath, Kathy Griffin <laughs> and Mr. Ronan Sinatra. <laughs> now, I am usually an optimist. I'm a keg is half full kind of guy. <laughs> But what I've seen from the monsters on this committee makes me want to puke and not from beer. (laughs) Dr. Ford has no evidence, none. Meanwhile, I've got these. (laughs) I've got these calendars. (laughs) These beautiful, creepy calendars. I mean, this is funny. I mean, you know, and, and... and listen, when I was in college and in high school, uh, like I, I, I had, I bore no resemblance at all to Brett Kavanaugh. I, I was like, I was basically trailer trash compared to Brett Kavanaugh, and and I wasn't very good at sports. Uh, I was scholastically a friggin' mess. I was good at baseball, but. Like yeah, sometimes I was. So I wasn't. I wasn't an athlete, you know. I, I wasn't a. Uh, I was scholastically. I was uh, a mess, and uh, and the idea of keeping a calendar would have been completely unbelievable to me. And and, and I, I would never. I couldn't even keep you know a notebook together for school. So I mean, I was like you know. I, I was nothing like Brett Kavanaugh. And then in college, uh, when I was at Madison, uh, the idea of joining a fraternity was like the most uncool thing you could possibly do. Although my buddy, my, the, my uh, late great roommate, uh, Tom Cole from wonderful Shaker Heights, Ohio, first time I ever learned of, uh, about Bernie Kosar, the, the great quarterback, the Jewish quarterback who wasn't. But anyway, I... Uh, I, we, we, we boarded at a fraternity because this one fraternity, the Teaks, they didn't have enough uh, members. And so we boarded a fraternity at a fraternity because, uh, well, here, this is how unorganized I was. So I, I, 
and going to college, and I was pretty much on my own. I was like, I was, you know, by that time, every I was the youngest of six. Everybody was out of the house. My mom was working her tail off um, with Lincoln National Life, and so I was kind of like out there. And plus, I, I was always left up to my own devices anyway. That's how my parents raised me. They, 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 uh, they gave me a lot of responsibility that I didn't ever follow through on because I was irresponsible, but I was, you know, I was, I got the, the short story. I was the youngest of six. I was, I was basically, uh, created because my sister was an accident. So, uh, they had four kids who were older and then my sister Beth, uh, came along completely by accident because uh, they had four kids who were older and then Beth was born and they're like, well, what are we going to do now? Cause there's Beth. She's like, you know, an accident. And so then I was conceived to, to – I was born basically to play with my sister, to keep my sister company. So I was born a doll basically. I was, I, I was created as a doll. So basically everything I've achieved up until now is gravy because I wasn't even actually supposed to be here. I was created solely as a, uh, as a playmate for my accident sister. So anyway, uh, I then uh, put to, I, I put a uh, – a, I had to reserve my dorm at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, which, by the way, people why would you choose that school? I go, it was the only school I got accepted to. That's why I chose the University of Wisconsin-Madison, because I didn't get accepted to any other schools. Where would you apply? Well, that's my problem, is I applied to New York University. I was going to go to their acting school there. I made the went, – went to Chicago and, and made the audition, but you know what? New York University has a cutoff uh, time. You, you have to figure out some way to, to, to thin the field, right? So uh, how do you do that? Well, you have everybody there, and, they, and they, they, I auditioned. I went to Chicago, auditioned for New York University's uh, School of Acting, and I, uh, I went, and so there were lots of people competing with me. And so how do they decide with the minimal slots they have to decide? Well, they decide then at, at grades, because my grades were crappy, I didn't get in. I applied to Carnegie Mellon, which was ridiculous. They must have, they must have, uh, they must have looked at my grade point average when I Carnegie Mellon. Can you believe that? But I, I aimed high, you know. So I went, I, I applied there, and they like basically sent me um, a rejection letter, and it was just one big. Uh, it was like a, it was the first laughing emoji I think ever created even before they had emojis Carnegie Mellon came up with a laughing emoji just to put on a piece of paper that they sent me back saying you're not going coming here then I uh, applied to Tulane and Tulane was um what I was on the waiting list at Tulane down in New Orleans and then University of Wisconsin-Madison and so Madison was like sure we'll take you because they were at that time they wanted people from out of state and everything else so I went there and uh, and but I was had to reserve my dorm. So this is what an idiot I was. I went and reserved. I sent the card to reserve my dorm. Uh, it was like a postcard, but I addressed it to myself. So I sent a postcard in the mail, and two weeks later I get it back because I sent it to myself. So I missed out on 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 getting a dorm at the University of Wisconsin. So. Uh, I wound up at the short course dorms in at, in Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, and that's where I met Tom uh, Cole, 
and he and I were in the land of misfit toys there at this short course storm, and we found the Teaks were uh, offering to rent rooms to people, and I guess with the with the idea that maybe we would ultimately become fraternity guys, but it was totally uncool to be a frat boy back then, at, at Wisconsin at least, and so. Uh, we went and we stayed. We 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 lived there for like two years and never joined. The guys all hated us because we would we would we would eat their food and we'd uh, hit on their chicks all the time uh, at, at their parties. And they didn't they, they did not like us around, but we were paying them to live there, so uh, they had to put up with us. And we really weren't like hitting, but the girls seemed to like us anyway. Uh, they didn't like that. So anyway, I I didn't have any any semblance any any symmetry at all with Brett Kavanaugh this this whole thing was crazy to me uh all of his all of his life tales that he told all these stories he told had I had no congruence with him whatsoever but that doesn't matter because a lot of those things about him I liked and and it made me trust him more now me becoming a supreme court justice there's no possible way but but him yeah you keep a calendar when you're 18 you're you're probably going to be a pretty good supreme court justice i'm just saying but it's funny though because most of you out there i would i would uh, venture to guess that kavanaugh is a mystery to you too because it's like most of us didn't live like that some of you did and you're very successful and i admire you for it and i admire kavanaugh for it but but that doesn't mean we can't like laugh at the fact that that this guy had a calendar it's crazy drank that much beer and you still had a calendar more power to you man i mean you know but damon had lifting weights with pj and squee and donkey dong doug But you don't care about Squee or Donkey Dong Doug, do you? You just want to humiliate me in front of my wife and my parents and Alyssa friggin' Milano? <laughs> That's funny. Well, guess what? I'm not backing down, you sons of bitches. I don't know the meaning of the word stop. <laughs> Oh, and keep in mind, there was a groan there because uh, it was obviously a reference to the, the the fake allegation there. But there's a little bit of a groan there because there are people who really, in my opinion, don't buy that about him. They they don't they don't buy this story that Ford is telling. And then I think some of them groan because they thought it was kind of a kind of a cheap shot. But I don't know. Who knows? To quote my hero. Clint Eastwood's character in Gran Torino. <laughs> Get the hell off my lawn. <laughs> That's funny. This. <laughs> okay, well, I'm hard as hell. Uh, <laughs> Senator Feinstein, you want to fight this monkey first? <laughs> Judge I mean, Kavanaugh, this is funny. Are you saying <laughs> that all the claims of Dr. Ford, Mrs. Ramirez, and Mrs. Swetnick are false? <laughs> Uh, doy. Then, if you have nothing to hide, would you agree to an independent FBI investigation into the allegations? Asked and answered. I wanted a hearing the next day. The next day! Okay, that in no way answers my question. (laughs) Would you agree to an FBI investigation? You want a real investigation? Then just look at at my calendar. (laughs) 
And you're going to see that every night I was lifting weights with PJ and Squeeze. I mean, so listen, people try and, 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 Deep inside here is this uh, insinuation somehow that because he didn't say, yes, I want an FBI investigation, that somehow he's guilty. He pointed out accurately that the FBI is not a is not a uh, conclusory body. Uh, The FBI, in fact, has fewer abilities, in my opinion, than a Judiciary Committee in terms of getting to the bottom of the story through testimony, under oath, and everything else. Technically, when you're interviewed by the FBI, you're really not under oath, although you lie to them and you're dead meat. But you're really not putting – yeah, people can lie under oath. I get all that. Uh, and on top of that, he also – there already was an FBI investigation there, because, because uh, the background checks are thus – and so he went through six different background checks. So th- them trying to get him to agree to an FBI investigation, they're the ones who can call on the FBI investigation because you know what they did? They did it. They did it before they voted on him, it, 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 th- before they voted him out of committee. They did it. So why are they asking him to call for one when they have the ability to do it? So, I mean, that was, it was that simple. But anyway, um, I digress. And it's also 9 a.m., so I got to – I got to get out of here. But uh, thanks a ton, everybody, and uh, thank you to Discovery Design, discoverydesigninc.com for uh, the studio and for, uh, for being with me and for being one of the original supporters of the Radio Free Almond operation. And thank you to Golden Oak Lending, 314-567-GOLD. Dr. Drapery, Proctor spelled like doctor. Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, Santino Cigars and Cocktails, Vogel Road. And Tracy Ellis and Rick Ellis, TracyEllis.com. Thanks a ton for all of you. And, by the way, this week, I'm expecting to announce the addition of two more proud sponsors of the Radio Free Almond Show. One of them being my buddy that you know and love, Ricky Hall from Nutrition HQ, NHQ.rocks. That's right, people. So we're off to the races here at Radio Free Almond. RadioFreeAlmond.com for all your gear. I don't know whether you guys notice this or not, but... There are some new hats. We've got the kind of the beige brown hats, the one I was wearing at the uh, happy hour. I gave that one away. And also the kind of uh, the ones that look like they're leathery looking. I can't remember what that's called, but they're really nice looking hats. So some brand new styles. And thanks to Gia Valenti, because she suggested these forest green tanks, and there they are. Different color tanks and everything. I think we might get some hoodies, but the, but the fall line of hats are out, and we'll probably work on more for you. The hoodies would be a good touch, I think. RadioFreeAlma.com. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.